0: This week on Invasion the Podcast, Zombie Man Does Monster Movie. (laughs) Modoc is here to rule the world and our hearts. And can Steve survive my acronym test? AKA torturing every Steven tremendously. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon: the arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. And welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, and somewhere out there in a floating chair
2: is Steve. Hello, everyone. No, my ass is firmly on the ground, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to try to think of funny funny acronyms for our names, but um, making acronyms is hard. Just letting you know. Uh, trying yeah, to, I was you know, impressed
2: with the. uh how did would you come up with test there? You said
0: well, something... I still part of it. It's supposed to be torturing every student tremendously, but I just changed I it heard. to Stephen, so I, I I fake that one. I do have an acronym test later where six of them I made up, but four of them are ones from other things because again, acronyms are hard. Which stands for H is for acronyms, and then A R D is for they're hard. I don't know. I got nothing. So we're gonna be talking about Modoc. The Hulu, sorry, Hulu Marvel animated series, uh, like, and I can't wait to get into that. But before we get there, though, Steve, uh, I know we're going to talk about our weekends, and I know you got a lot to dig into. I know you watch a lot of uh, uh, Joe Bob's The Last Drive-In. What the hell was shown this weekend? I have not watched these movies, but there was a lot of reaction on uh, on the social medias about them.
2: so the two films that he showed was they were both two movies that I had not seen one was called uh, Sledgehammer which I think was from 82 or 83 it was recorded essentially on VHS tape like it's it wasn't even like Super 16 to my knowledge it was straight up somebody with a a VHS camcorder Um, and the other movie was 1989's uh, Things which is a Canadian film uh, which was also straight to video, but his the whole theme of the evening was, uh, you know, straight to video. Uh, and it was it was a fascinating watch. Now, I had mentioned El Goro had uh, posted because uh, Darcy, the male male girl all week was talking about this being an Iron Man competition. Like, you know, can you survive to get to the end because of the, just the quality of the films? And he had posted that he, you know, made it to the end of of things. And I, unfortunately, like it wasn't so much the quality of the films. It's just that I just Friday nights a double feature that starts at nine o'clock. Like I, I just don't have it in me anymore. I'm just too tired. And I, I even movies that I like, I genuinely can't make it through that second film. And I always gotta go back on Sunday and watch the rest of it. So uh, the the two films that he did were sheer testaments to. Uh, the ability of his viewers to to withstand what they were seeing. I, I will say the first film, uh, which was Sledgehammer, I, I, I hesitate to be like, I liked it a great deal, because it's, it's not that it's a great movie or anything like that, but it felt very much like a time capsule. It, it, it's literally like, I don't know, a crew of six or seven people uh, filming in a house uh, with very little experience. Um, and trying to make a horror movie and it, 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 and I hate to do this because I don't want to be the old guy who's like, I remember what the 80s were really like. You kids who like stranger things don't really know what it was like, but like, I'm impressed that you took your teeth out that fast to make that (laughs) sentence happen. (laughs) And now they're back in. But I, I just, I I was really impressed with it in the sense that, you know, I'm like, wow, they really tried something here and if this is somebody who's seeing an advent of new technology with the, the VHS cameras that were coming out or camcorders. I don't, I don't ever think they became camcorders till the nineties, but, uh, somebody being like, I can try this, you know, it's the same sort of thing that Kevin Smith did. Although, you know, he had a very good script and, uh, did it in a very smart way. but,
0: well, but it's also kind of speaking to what goes on now with, like, with the prosumer ability to, to create things, right? I mean, by, mm. by, my goodness, if you rewind this back to the 80s, you and I have been sitting, you know, in a room with um, a cassette recorder trying to talk about things, and how shitty would that have been, you know? Like, like here's our podcast. What's a podcast? I don't know. Make a copy of the tape. Pass it out to your friends.
2: <laughs> in the in the, the words of the old uh, MST3K days, keep circulating, yeah, the, circulating tapes, the tapes, which is how – Yeah you know, that show got spread was people taping it and giving it to their friends. But yeah, so uh, you they, know, they had the
0: technology that this is like, this was the, the barrier for entry for them was like, we're going to shoot this in VHS. We're passionate enough. We can't afford film because film and film cameras and all that's expensive. Here's a process that you can do it all at once. Right. So I, I get that.
2: Yeah. So I enjoyed that, that film quite a bit. Um, and again, I, I didn't go on to uh, letterboxd and rate it. I mean, maybe it's a one-star movie, but there was a lot to admire in the sense of like, wow, they're really trying to do something here, and I applaud that. Um, the second film is pretty incoherent. Um, <laughs> it's it's it, it was a struggle to get through, um, and not so much where I was like, the seams are all there. Like you, you, there's no hiding the problems with the film. It's it's not like. Like I, when we reviewed Solar Babies, I was talking about how I kept checking to see how much time I had left because, you know, that was a professionally made movie and uh, it just felt like it was taking forever to get through. This is really low budget filmmaking uh, and people who are, have really no idea what they're doing, but they want to try and make a movie. And actually,. Uh, the way Joe Bob ended his show, I actually went through and transcribed it because I think it really applies to a lot of the conversations that we've had on here. I'd mentioned, I think it was, I don't know, a month or two ago that you know I spent a weekend looking on Tubi at you know literally no-budget films that were made recently w- within the last ten to fifteen years, and you know how for the most part most of them weren't appealing to me but I think Joe Bob sort of hit upon something here. And I actually think that this kind of ties into, uh, the way you and I and, uh, host of, uh, at the devil's ball, Sam, Sam, I L, uh, adores Neil Breen. And I shouldn't say that I adore him so much as I've only seen one of his films. I haven't been fully indoctrinated, indoctrinated, but like, uh, there's something about those movies that they're not great, but there is a quality to them that attracts us as viewers. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is what Joe Bob said, and I know that I'm, I'm I kind of cut you off there. I feel like oh you're no jump no back no no please okay we
0: got we got three hours come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, here here is what Joe Bob said at the end of the episode, which I, I think, uh, and I, I'm not going to try and do it an impression, and I'm not going to have his inflections, but I, I think this is pretty important. Um, you know, this is at the end, of, the very end of the episode. And he's he's talking about why they did the show. Uh, he says, "I know you guys are going to come down on me for VHS night." But let me say a few things about these movies and why we did it. You know, it's always fun to talk about the worst movie ever made, and certainly things may be a candidate for that. But maybe we should think about not being quite so snarky and start looking at films like this as cultural artifacts that are worth saving because the only reason we watch them at all is because they would be made with dedication. Now notice I didn't say skill. The director of things who never made another movie had no skills as a filmmaker. But he and the actors had a certain innocence, and they were trying so hard that just the fact that they completed a Super 8 movie is impressive. No matter how incoherent it was, it makes it watchable as the rabid fan base for this film has proven. We live in an age of irony, a time when it's always fashionable to be smarter than the movie, to lord our opinions over the filmmakers who serve us, to celebrate the bad and diminish the good. But things is entirely, I'm sorry, is entertaining precisely because the people behind the camera and the people in front of the camera, camera are taking it dead seriously. If they were goofing off, we would know it, and it would just be a lame exercise. Guys just messing around. These guys were not messing around. They were trying to make a movie, and maybe they didn't make a movie in the sense that the way we think of movies is having a beginning middle and an end, a theme, a through line, an emotional arc music that serves the story. But maybe they created something else in the year 1989. It stands apart like a giant avant garde piece of sculpture in the middle of a cornfield in Kansas. Maybe it is postmodern as the director calls it because it's, I'm sorry, because of its sophisticated technological equipment, cameras, sound equipment, editing equipment were in the hands of people have no technological sophistication you know we've heard uh from the film school geeks now maybe we should hear from these guys too maybe they are artists after all artists searching for a gallery and we were happy to be that gallery tonight so that that was his end speech and again if you guys have shutter and you haven't watched things or you couldn't make it to the end i would highly recommend just watching his send-off for the episode because i think we've talked about this before you know like Something like a uh, the Asylum films. Are films where they know what they're doing. You know, they're doing it to make a quick buck. And, and granted, all filmmakers are trying to, <laughs> while make art, they want to make money too. I, I get that. But there is this thing of like, well, we're just intentionally making a bad movie. And, you know, I think he's got a point that like what makes these movies special to us is that they are for all intents and purposes you know they're they're dedicated they're they're trying their hardest to make this thing and yes they're probably falling on their keys but i think that's an an important thing to think about and i was really glad to hear joe bob say it because even though i'm probably never going to watch either of these films ever again i'll say that i'm glad that i watched them and I'm, i'm glad that there's a place like the last drive in where I could find them and see them, you know, it helps that Joe Bob, you know, breaks in and gives us either background on the story or, you know, background behind the, the, the scenes of the making of it and interviews with the people and, you know, things like that. Uh, It's certainly created to be more entertaining than just the movie itself. But I don't know. I was really impressed with VHS night and you may have a different take on it as well uh, than I do, but, just you know in all the discussions that we've had you know it always seems to come down to like are these people really trying to make something or is it that they're just accepting their limitations and being like well we can't do it so we'll just shit something out like i i don't know i i think there's a discussion to be had there and uh i think that uh he's on to something with that idea
0: <clears throat> so um well put uh well read by Steve there uh so uh, I think that encapsulates a lot of the things that you and I strive for, and I also think that's kind of like, um, that's also the mission statement for At the Devil's Ball. So there you go, guys. That's kind of where you guys want to be, and I think it's the the right place to be with a lot of the the films that you watch there, though a lot of the horror movies and whatever we get dig into, like American Ninja Two, like you know, both of us can agree is it's not a cinematic classic, but you know, it, it like I'm not saying that it was like made with like passion or heart, but they 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 seriously wanted to make a movie they they knew what kind of movie they were making like i don't know like they could have easily just made it even more just beach ninjas the entire time like they could have made it a shit show but they tried to make a profitable action film right so there there's something to be said there um like i i'm a champion i'm a champion of like earnest effort and and if like um like i i know i'm a champion of like Miami connection right like i adore mm-hmm. that movie it is not good but there's some kind of heart to it and it just it brings me back like i i I know i've talked about a lot i know i've forced on people like the complete um shit show derailment that is the film dangerous men there's something there (laughs) because the director josh rad spent like 20 plus years trying to get it finished right it's like and you can visibly see the difference in the film over time and it, it it makes it makes the loosest of sense but because this was his passion he got it done. Neil Breen believes he's going to save the world with his movies. Um, and it comes through that he thinks he has all the answers and he is not an attractive man, but he always, (laughs) he positions himself as like the one to get all the women. And it's like, there's something there, right? Like it's these glimpses, right? It's like, um, it's like, what do you call that? Um, I've heard the phrase before, uh, not found art, but like, uh, Like where um, you hear a story of like an upstores neighbor passed away. like They were like in their 80s. And then the the neighbors went to go find that they had this entire like bunch of like like, um, portraits that they made or they wrote like this ongoing like, you know, story or whatever. It's like it's very it's like it's it's amateur, but it was important to them and they made it right. And it was only for them but it gives you this different glimpse into the world. And then someone else's mindset. Like I, I'm fine with all of that. Um, what you're speaking to, and you mentioned the asylum and I know I, I always kick them because they can go burn in hell. Um, and I'm also they are kind of, easy targets, well, but, but, but no, it's like they, they, they know what they're doing and I can't fault them for making money, but they're, they're dragging a lot of shit down in the meantime. Say what you want about uh, full moon studios, uh, and some of the stuff they put out there, at least they, they make their own original things and they make a bunch of sequels to it, you know, whatever. But, um, in trauma, they tried doing their own thing. Like, you know, quality may vary, but they tried doing their own thing. Uh, you know, asylum just chases trends and then they just, they just drive it in the dirt. And that's why it pisses me off that mystery science theater even picked one of their movies to make fun of, because it's like, how do you make fun of something that was made ironically? You know, mm-hmm. um, but, but no, I'm glad that like, I think there, I think there's something to be said for this VHS night that like you and I both grew up with, like, we just talked about this, like the last blockbuster and everything. Like we, I'm sure we rented plenty of movies that were shot directly on video, you know, and just watched them. And it was like, ah, you know, the cover got me, this is kind of garbage, but they made their movie. Um, and that also kind of colors my upbringing. So I'm not saying I view these favorably, but I understand the aesthetic. I also think this is that, I think this is the part of the, the 80s nostalgia that like, um, you just said you're that old man yelling at the cloud, that it's like, oh, Stranger Things is like, it's such an 80s thing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not like these two movies you watch, that's the 80s horror that people remember is like mm-hmm. this weird, like like blurry <laughs> mess, <laughs> yeah. you know? So yeah, I mean, if there's heart, there's heart and you can't deny it. If it's, I was about to, I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry, but it's like, it's just, I think if something's made earnestly, regardless of its flaws, it like you can at least recognize it. I'm not saying you have to pat on the back and say, you know, you did your best, but I'll take that every, every uh, time over someone being like, isn't it funny? Wink, wink, wink.
2: Well, it, it's like Plan Nine or any Ed Wood film. It, it's easy to poke at it, but there is—he's genuinely trying. You know, uh, admittedly, there are things that complicate it, like the fact that he was an alcoholic and uh, you know had some some serious personal problems that uh, played into uh, the way he worked. You know, so much so that. Uh, at times people didn't get paid because he drink money away or, or oh, you know, wow. you know, really, uh, never had the money or, you know, whatever. But that aside, like he, he was somebody who was really trying to do something. And I, I always applaud that, you know, I, and maybe it's because I try to do, a comic book i try to be a you know an interesting podcaster or a podcaster but hmm. i just think that let alone a pod <laughs> not, not
0: many pods necessitating the need for a pod rack and like, sorry
2: anyway you know it, it, when i think back to um oh um uh, the uh, ator you know uh, there's the there's something to that movie. It's not great by any means, but like there's, the, there's the an Italians, earnest, like yeah. you said, the, like they,
0: there was a lot of turn and burn in that whole thing, but they were also trying to make their own movies that kind of still on their own two feet because they knew if they made something good enough, they could just keep making sequels or, or good enough as not, maybe that's not the right word, um, like competent enough then they can make sequels. Right. So they just, mm-hmm. uh, and so, yeah, it got, it got a little weird, but there's still a heart there. You know, I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's very subjective, right? right. Um, so, and I think, I think you bringing up what uh, Joe Bob did say about it, I think it's very important. It's just like, I'll, I'll give you an example and I'm, I'm not going to get into terrible specifics, but there's one of the conventions you and I went to where we saw somebody selling, um, their own, uh, CDs they made of their own singing and they had like pictures of themselves up. And I'm like, is this really how you start your, like, what, Like is this that you're you're at a horror convention and you're selling, like I'm just I'm just confused by that. It's like, like it's just is this is this the avenue?
2: Like, how my album "Songs in the Key of Steve" is going to be big. Songs in
0: the key of Steve. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's a great name. I got it, I got, it, you know,
2: <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, 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 Saturday it nights,
0: was... the, the time for slashing or whatever it was, you know,
2: <laughs> it, it was also an odd fit for a horror convention. <laughs> we'll say that as well. I just, I was like, I remember
0: like, do you remember me like actively talking to you about how I was confused by that? I'm like, why is that happening right now? Like I just felt bad for that person.
2: Cause they, it, always, it cracks me up cause I have gone to a few conventions. Where, like, there's somebody... That's like you know, with some sort of plumbing company or you know, <laughs> home remodeling. and You're like, do you know what people are here for? I, I can tell you right now, it's it's not to have their bathroom
0: redone. It's like, oh, you're here to to meet the the cast of Sleepaway Camp. Well, here's this the, this tub liner that in case if you murder <laughs> anybody, you're not going to mess up the floor of your bathroom. I can tell you <laughs> that this tub can actually take multiple versions of, of acid to 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 liquefy a body.
1: <laughs>
2: there, there you go. Like, you know. um, so, so yeah, I, yeah. Just, I thought that was worthy of talking about. I, I really, you know, I, I I didn't get to watch things all the way through until last night, and it was the end of the night when uh, he he obviously did his end of end of the episode speech, and I just I thought it was worthy, and I wanted to rewatch it before we recorded this evening. Uh, because I thought it was so good. No, um, it is good. And, and so let me show Bob. He's, he's good with the words he uh, is. as it's written many books.
0: I just, I just want to put a, I want to tie a bow on why I was calling out that particular person, not calling out, but making reference to that person trying to show to have their CD clearly their passion enough to sing or songwrite or whatever it is. Um, but I don't know if anybody has been able to come to them and be like, Hey, I know you have the passion, but do you have the execution? I didn't pick up the CD. I didn't support the artist. So I can't speak to that. However, sometimes like that, like, so I may be, you know, like the, like the movie things and sledgehammer, you know, like I, they, they exist in their, are passion projects and that's it. And we can appreciate them for what they are. Um, it's just that there is that fine line between, uh, pure dedication and execution. And I don't know, it's just, I, I will never figure out why I like something that's bad versus me not liking something That's that's, you know, that's bad as well. I can just I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like for me, I can sometimes see it, see why. And sometimes I can't. And I get mad at it.
2: I think the key to it is, is that, you know, he says maybe we shouldn't we should think about not being so snarky, which I think is. That's the key. a big yeah. piece of it. I mean, you and I make a lot of jokes. I mean, probably the snarkiest I've been is about why Kevin James is in Adam Sandler's movies. Uh, if you folks listened to last, that's not episode. snark.
0: That's a hundred percent truth, Steve. And don't ever back away from your truth. Um, the most revealing and honest statements ever made on this podcast. Do not walk away. About- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll i'll be the first one to admit that i'm not always the greatest at reviewing things because sometimes when we talk about something it will turn into the chris farley show where i'm saying hey you remember that one time that that thing happened i that was great like i have devolved into that while doing a review of something on the show and i, I i'm well aware of it but i, I also feel that there's so many armchair critics and so many people who I feel like it's their job to be snarky just because, um, and I, I, think that that's detrimental sometimes to the overall health of what we think of when we think of actual criticism. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. And I, I know that, uh, that's a heavy topic to just lead the show off with, but well, no, I don't no, know. No, I, we, I was really we, impressed with it and wanted to share it. We live in an age of, you got,
0: you know, you want to come out swinging and you want to have your hot takes so you can get your clicks and likes and subscribes. Right. Yeah. Um and we're that's only going to um, that's only going to get worse. That's only going to fold onto itself and to like I think where that folded onto itself was like so and so reacts to so and so's video reacting to things. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like right. we, we're in this the circus funhouse mirror section now, right? So yeah, I think it's important to like, yeah, it the, whatever the it's like I know, and this is one of my, my one of my great omissions of of, of not seeing I know you you have liked MST3K's uh, uh, taking on of Manos: The Hands of Fate. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I still have not seen that episode, but it was a touchstone for a lot of people. And that's a weird movie made by like what a farmer, like the guy I forget who actually funded it. It I, was like a like it was somebody that should yeah. not have had any business making a film made a film,
2: right? And. and- I'll admit, you know, I do love it in jest, but I think also because that episode is so well written, um, I think that that is possibly one of the reasons that I also love it. Uh, but again, you know, I'm, I'm no Joel, uh, I was going to say Robinson, which is his character, <laughs> MST3K, but I'm no Joel Hodgson. Like, I'm not Trace Ballou. I'm not, um, uh kevin um whose name i'm blanking, murphy. his last name i'm blanking on um who did tom servo murphy. like
0: the, kevin murphy uh,
2: kevin murphy thank yeah. you uh y- you know they're professional writers uh they're professional comedians uh i'm not mike michael j nelson so i'm not putting it out there in the sense of you know i i would never attempt to be like here's my commentary from man Oats on H- hands of fate you know like I feel like MST three K in maybe it's just me because I love it so much. It gets a pass, but I also feel like they don't ever go after something maliciously. Oh no, like no, no. I, there's
0: a heart because this is the stuff that they loved growing up. Right. So there's, yeah. And like, I know what was it? Time chasers. That was the one where the, the actual people made the film was like, here, make fun
2: of it. And then they saw it. And they're like, then they got sad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I think that episode ends with them saying like, because I think it was made by like the people of Rutland, Vermont or something, something like, like that. that like yeah. I think they end the episode by saying screw you to them. Like that's the <laughs> meanest they can be. Oh,
0: I, I adore that episode of uh Mr. Science though. I think it's great. But yeah, no, I think this is I, I think this is gonna be the ongoing conversation that you and I always are gonna struggle with of that, that push and pull of what it is for this. But I also think it's constantly it's like how do you how do you like it's easy to always wander um you know far afield right you always got to reset yourself and refocus and what you said sorry what you you um read what joe bob said so you were reacting to what joe Bob said now i'm gonna make a video of me reacting to you to what joe bob said i think that's i think it's always important to reframe the conversation and i think you did it wonderfully there so i think that's always important um i know we're gonna i know we're gonna get in some bad movies as the as time goes on because it's what we do sometimes um and you know whatever like i I understand that every every so often I get a wild hair at my ass and I, I I you know get get frustrated with something. But we're only human, and my goal isn't to ever tear down like most things. There there's a couple things that I think will always have those uh, pressure points amongst all of us, right? So, but that's not my goal.
2: Right. I I don't think either of us come at anything too maliciously. Like yes, you're right. There are things that we have that either are bugs that just Bugs that that are just things that are, are, are stuck in our crawl. We'll put it that way. Um, uh, that said, I you know, yeah, with, I, with I, your utter hatred of Modok, I, I just can't believe we're going to get into <laughs> it though. No. I, yeah, no, I, I loved Modok, so there will be <laughs> no coming to me. But uh, I, and I'm not saying that there isn't going to be an episode in the future where I'm going to you know poke fun at something like you know it, it's not never done maliciously. I guess is the point that I'm trying to make, and. That's uh, fair. I, I think that, uh, you know, I, am just glad. And again, uh, <laughs> this show is just turning into why Steve likes Joe Bob, but it really has become this thing where I'm like, wow, I, I, really love the fact that he can, he can talk about movies that other people will just easily dismiss and really give thought to them and present movies to me that I'm never going to find on my own. Like I would have never yeah. checked out either of these movies. I, I, and again, audition, is a movie that people really respect and love. And I, I also now do as well, but I would have never come to, to audition on my own. So I'm glad that that format's there. And it just, I, I, I hope that
0: I'm glad that he has the position that he can actually shine a light on a lot of this in the sense of like, not just the movies, but like he's an outer statesman of the genre. Right. So, and also the reviewing of the genre, like I, I don't, I don't know about you, but I mean, though it's been like a year plus since we've been to conventions or whatever, you, you run into those people that are horror fans that are so like, and you've mentioned this already earlier that are just so snobby and just like cut you off the knees with things. It's like, and for a person that they probably respect a great deal, be like, yeah, here's these shitty direct to VHS movies. And here's why they, they're worth your time. Like, I can't wait for people to reframe the conversation of like, well, you know, it's, it's not bad. Like, yeah, you were going to dismiss this shit a minute ago until one of your heroes said it was cool,
2: you know? right? <laughs> that's very fair, and I I, I think that, uh, you know, I'd be curious to get uh, El Goro's take on this. I hope maybe he touches on it sometime <laughs> in the future on his show. I don't know that he's ever going to line up an episode where he talks about Sledgehammer or uh, things, but uh, I'd be curious uh, for his take on it as well. That's funny. Uh, so, all right, so that's um, a half hour of the weekend
0: talk. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Anything else Anything else you get into this weekend? I mean, here's the
2: thing. And I, here's I, the things. I actually, you already talked about things, Steve. What else? <laughs> I always say here's the thing. Uh, another thing. My wife and I were playing, um, oh, was it You Don't Know Jack? Um, we were playing uh, a game. on Like Saturday night was our date night, and we decided to play games. And uh, we played a really, really terrible escape room game that was – Part of some like date night box that she bought, um, and we were both miserable for about a half hour trying to get through it, and we're just like, let's not do this anymore. Um, but uh, Jackbox—that's how games, you escape. You just stop playing it. You just acknowledge and just walk out. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, we ended up uh, downloading. Well, we'd actually had it on our Apple TV. They do these Jackbox party packs or whatever, where you can get so many games for X amount of dollars on your Apple TV. So I don't know if people were around in the early two thousands when going to a bar and playing uh, games in a bar was cool, but you don't know. Jack was like a trivia game that a lot of people played.
0: Yeah. I, I miss, so. I miss a lot of that bar trivia. Cause I'd get mad at like that one guy in like podunk Arkansas that had like a thousand million gajillion points. I'm like, <laughs> who are you? You know, razorback lover or whatever.
2: Long story short, a a a, 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 a uh, question came up that somehow um, involved T.J. Hooker, <laughs> and my wife missed the question. And I'm like, "How did you miss that question?" It was T.J. Hooker. She's like, <laughs> "She's like, I've never seen T.J. Hooker." So I was like, "We're rectifying this right now." So as soon as we finished the game, I showed her the intro to to um. <laughs> <laughs> to, to TJ Hooker on please, YouTube Please let
0: me know that you were like, listen, if this doesn't happen right now We're, we're getting a divorce If I don't show you
2: <laughs> No, I mean, you know, she and I are the same age It's not like she, like, you know, is 10 years younger or something And didn't grow up enjoying the same things I did But she's like, yeah, it just wasn't something we watched And I'm like, well, we're going to watch some TJ Hooker And uh, it turned out that Crackle has, like, the first three seasons on uh, uh, available for free so we, we how many went seasons up, were up, there up, of TJ Hooker? There was five. Oh, okay. So it wasn't. I think it lasted for ninety episodes. But the the thing about TJ Hooker is is that, and I guess that I get this plays into that whole unironic thing, uh, you know, that we were just talking about with Joe Bob. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. We spent like half the day yesterday watching episodes of TJ Hooker. I mean, part of it is that time capsule thing of, I posted on Facebook, um, there was one episode, like there was a gang of, of, uh, oh, they were gun dealers, but it was, um, Sid Hag was the leader. Um, for those of you who don't know who Sid Hag is, he's probably most famous, uh, for Rob Zombie's, uh, House of a Thousand Quirkses, more, more recently, Rejects, yeah, He just recently passed away. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah but uh, he was the leader of the gang uh, Bo Star, who uh, if you don't know who he is he's uh, in a lot of different movies he's the mechanic I think that uh, Fletch is talking to at the uh, airport about ball bearings but he's also uh, the sheriff of Haddonfield and Halloween 4 and 5 uh, he was like his heavy or whatever and then Mickey Jones who's a guy that if you see his face you'll know who he is because he's in like everything in the 80s Uh, He's a heavyset guy with, like, reddish hair and a beard. Uh, I almost thought he was, uh, are you ready for some football from MST3K? (laughs) But that's a different actor. Long story short, these three guys are, like, the main gang. And then later in the episode, we get um, Richard Mull, who most people know as Bull from Night Court, uh, which is funny because he's got a full head of hair. Um, Yeah, I couldn't think of a joke
0: when you posted that picture. Now I think about it, I should have called him Richard Mullet. (laughs) <laughs> that would have been a better joke yeah. but I couldn't think of it at the time so yeah.
2: and then uh, Vic Tabak who was the owner of Alice's restaurant in the TV show Alice which ran for like 10 years uh, in the 70s into the 80s uh, was a cop as well so like, there was all these great guest stars and I really enjoyed watching the show because yes it, there's that that aspect of like oh this takes me back but also some things are really impressive the things that they did like I'm watching Shatner run, and I'm, I'm realizing at this time, <laughs> like, he's probably in his 50s, and he's there's a scene where he's running after a bus, like, on top of, like, a, a pylon or whatever you would call, like, a concrete wall that's level to the bus, and it's clearly him. Like, now, the jump when he jumps onto the bus, that's clearly a, a stunt guy, but I'm like, they had to record shatner running like an awful lot for this because it goes out for quite a bit and like seeing him do these things it's like wow it's impressive and there's there's some car chases which is kind of funny because there's a running gag where they keep like wrecking their police vehicle and uh you know they didn't have the big budget to do like long car chases but the ones that they did where i'm like okay that's kind of impressive that they actually pulled this off on a tv budget so uh, you know, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I, I want to, you know, make jokes about like Shatner or whatever, because my wife, who is not a Star Trek fan, hadn't watched T.J. Hooker. For her, William Shatner is Denny Crane, and Denny okay. Crane, if if any of you watched Boston Legal, he's he's Shatner at his peak. He's he's big, bombastic. He's um, <laughs> says things that no one else would get away with saying. And this show is probably, I guess,
0: that, you're going to say that Diddy Crane is what what um, our, our former president would thought he was. Is that, I feel <laughs> yes. like okay, that's very
2: fair, <laughs> but he was not as likable as William Shatner. That's what. No, uh, I'm just saying,
0: like, now that you say that, out like when you start talking about, it, I'm like, oh shit, that he wanted to be Diddy Crane. <laughs> like, <Right>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but she'd only had that exposure to him. She's like, wow, Shatner's really like, he's overacting. I'm like. This is Shatner, oh, no. and it's, like, I'm like, yeah. this is this is Star Trek Shatner. I'm like, if you want to see him really overact, I'm like, we'll go back <sighs> and watch the 60s series. I'm like, and it's not that I think that he's bad, it's just that he's a theater actor, so everything's big. And, like, he also has his stunted way of talking, and I'm like, it was just surprising to me to see her be like, wow, Shatner wasn't as good as he is now. And I'm like, well... He's 90 years old now. Well, I, like, should, you
1: know.
0: I, I wanted to say, can I just say, can I counter that maybe you could have her watch uh, Nick of Time, um, the season two Twilight Zone episode Ooh, where it's him with, with, with the, the devil fortune machine because he's yeah. really young there, but he still is showing Shatner qualities. Like and then there's mm-hmm. also Terror Twenty Thousand Feet, which I mean, but I think Nick of Time would be like you want to see him yeah. kind of like ascending into shatnerness. That's the one to watch,
2: right? And, and uh, it's funny because you know she's she's only got this view of him as Denny Crane, and she did come to she'd gotten us tickets to this is like two or three years ago. It was pre pandemic. Um, a friend of hers got us tickets to a screening of Star Trek II: The Wrath oh, of Khan. Yeah. We talked about this. Uh, yeah. yeah, with yeah. him doing a, a, a talk afterwards. Um, so she's seen some of that, but I don't think she, she really like had seen him really go big. Although he does go quite big in in Wrath of Khan, <laughs> which I'm not saying uh, that we have to talk about Wrath of Khan, but I do feel like in the year of the sequel. We should consider doing oh one of the Star gosh. Treks. I'm just yeah, throwing that out be, there.
0: Wrath of Khan's my favorite, so it'd be it'd be easy to go to that one, right?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we talk about Search for Spock, or, or you know, even Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered or Co- something. Let's,
0: let's do Undiscovered
2: Country because I think that
0: one is uh, maligned, and I don't understand why. Because uh, okay. was it? Um, what was the one before that? Um, Oh, the one, that directed, um, the one that Shatter directed. The one that Shatter directed is terrible. Because uh, you had, That's um, Final
2: Frontier, I believe. Yeah,
0: that one's supposed to be pure shit. I've, I've not seen that in years. But Undiscovered Country's like solid. Like If we want to get mm-hmm. into that. Because that's the last full uh, original Trek crew before you go on to Generations, right?
2: It is. And none of them... Well, I shouldn't say none of them. I believe only Shatner... Um, I think Scott in, and yeah. Chekhov, uh, whose name I'm blanking on right now are uh, the Walter, three, who, Walter, Koenig, uh, three yeah. Walter Koenig, but I'm digressing, no, 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 But anyways, we've got to get into our episode, but well, yeah, I, I, it was funny to me to see her, like I was genuinely enjoying it and she was too, but it was, it was more fun to see her reacting to Shatner cause it's like, she'd never seen that. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is, what? this is totally like this is the wheelhouse for Shatner. I'm like, this is him yeah. doing what Shatner does best. What about, what
0: so. about a uh, kingdom of the spiders too? Maybe you should bust that out for <laughs> her. <laughs>
2: Um, no, it's uh, been a while since I've seen that one. And I, I don't know that I've seen it without being riffed.
0: Oh, it's, it's, I mean, the riffing's great too, but it's just a weird movie. Uh, so many spiders die in that movie. So many tarantulas get run over by cars. So it's like, it is, they're not faking anything. It's a lot of splatted spiders. You just kind of, you kind of feel bad for them. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, okay. So that was the, your weekend was direct to video stuff and then Shatner running around. So that's yes. that, okay. Um, man, I, I did some stuff this weekend too, but I mean I, that sounds like you did some amazing things there. I don't know my if my weekend's going to compare to that. Um, oh, so, I don't know that I did anything amazing. <laughs> I watched things on TV. Um, so I was I was trying to think of maybe trying to write a blog post about this. And I don't know how to quantify it because I don't think I have the right vocabulary for it. However, and because and, Steve, I know you're not the video games guy, uh, you know uh, as, as much as I am. But I started so June first. Um, blizzard entertainment, the makers of overwatch and world of Warcraft. Um, they released, uh, burning crusade classic. And what that means to you, Steve is that, uh, nothing, but what it means to me is, uh, so there's two versions of world of Warcraft available right now. There's the current, uh, game that's available. That is nine expansions and eight or nine expansions. In. And then there's these classic servers that have been launching for like the last two years that have been the original game, which they refer to as vanilla now, and now as of June first, they released the first expansion that came out like fifteen years ago. So people could choose to play on these original servers with the way the game was then, or they could play the current one with where it is now. Um, so I started playing uh, Burn Crusade Classic over the weekend because that was the expansion that I came into. That was the one I really started playing the game in. Uh, it has been a like it has been a love hate relationship. <laughs> for the past weekend because the quality of life changes over the past 15 years are of uh, like you miss them. But there's also that bit of like, man, I, I remember liking this when I did this before. Why am I dying every three seconds and running back to my body? Like it is, um, but I'm still playing it. So there's this weird draw for me still playing this original version of the, like, sorry, the first expansion of this game. So that's what I did was uh, it's very slow and harder uh, in terms of uh, progressing than it is now. Uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to qualify that to you to make it make sense. But um, it is a little bit more challenging to actually do anything because they were a little bit more strict about how they assign things and how like how you how you did things. Uh, and over the years, though. Everybody grew up and was like, I don't got time for this. And Blizzard's like, yeah, we're all older now. We have kids. We don't have time for this. And they kept changing the game to make it a little bit more approachable so people can log in and log out. Here, there's some long haul to this that I have forgotten about. But doing it right now is hitting that sweet spot of like, this is nostalgia. And it's also like, let me put a podcast on so I can actually pay attention to something while I'm doing this.
2: Did you post about this on Facebook and how? Yeah, yeah. You actually, oh, yeah, I think I you just ended that because uh, I was like, I the whole time you were talking, I was thinking about it. I'm like, was this the post that he was a, he made about uh, the only benefit was that you got to listen to a <laughs> podcast? And then I realized you just said it. And then I was no, 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 no. It's so. but what I mean by that is that the Burning Crusade is an expansion that I've played multiple
0: times over the years. And then the way it was set up originally, like you had to go through it because the way that the character progression was the original world of Warcraft was levels one through 60, burning crusade was 60 to 70. And then, um, it was like every five, 10 levels was like the new expansion. So if you wanted to, to continue to the new expansion, you always had to go through the burning crusade. Um, now like they, they've changed it now on the regular game. Like they're what what the current, active live game the expansion going on right now is called shadowlands but blizzard refers to it as retail so what the it's the current retail game and they're calling this what's going on now is classic so you don't have to, you don't have to actually deal with any of this doing the retail game now you can find different ways to level so i know the questing here meaning how to get things done like it's burned into my memory. Like it's almost like if you look at the sun and close your eyes, it's like, it's on your eyelids. Like I know how to get through this game. So because of this, I'm not reading anything. I'm just clicking accept on quests and moving on and killing stuff. So because of that, I'm like, Oh, I can just listen to podcasts. So I'm getting really caught up on podcasts right now. So that's nice, but it is slow going. Um, but the reason I'm doing this, Steve, and the reason I'm mentioning this is because one, I want to see if the rose colored glasses are going to fall off, which they have been and broken several times as I play this, but also I kind of want to get back to, um, there's these things called raids that were like 10 man, uh, 25 man. And like, you could have a group to do it. The first 10 man raid in this expansion was my first raiding experience. I want to get back to that. I know that sounds like I'm trying to go home again and I kind of am, but I really liked that raid. So I just want to go do that again. And I'll probably stop playing because I'm like, can I just go do the thing I did like 10 plus years ago that I liked a lot? That's what I'm doing this for.
2: So that leads me to a question. I am curious about that because we all have our, our comfort foods. And when I say that, I'm not talking about actual food. I'm talking about the yeah, things yeah, that like we pop culture and surround now. ourselves around media wise that give us that feel, you know, um, I'm curious for something that is continuously involving like a movie never becomes something more than what it already is, you know, unless it's, unless you know, it's, unless a director's it's things cut. or sledgehammer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I'm saying unless there's like a, a, you know, a director's cut released or someone remakes it, if you will, um, they, they stay the same, you know, no matter how many years they exist. Video games, much like comic books, you know, they do progress and they, they, they do change, uh, and perhaps I'm answering my own questions. I'm thinking about like, when I, I look at old comics and I, I see, you know, particularly like for instance, Batman, you know, when I look at the, 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 the formative years of my reading and I look at those issues and like, they give me those warm feelings of that discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is, is that what you're looking for with that? Like to feel that rush again of like, wow, this is new and amazing to me. And I can't believe that, uh, uh, not that I can't believe, but that it's, it's something that I've not experienced before. And this is great. The gaming has become this kind of thing or, yeah, you know, I
0: mean, kind of I mean like, I mean, none, none of it's surprising me just because in the sense of like, I mean, it, I'm aware of the systems in play and I'm aware of how everything worked then, you know, because they've, they've done some significant uh, character system overhauls, over the years to make it like more approachable for people to get in. Like, how do I explain this? So um, here, I'll give you an example. Most classes in the game have three uh, specialties, meaning you can level into one of those three and each of them have like, their priorities, they're good, they're bad, whatever, right? So, like, um, meaning, like, I'm I'm currently in, in Burning Crusade Classic. I'm playing a paladin. So, paladin's a dude that wears, you know, armor, looks like a knight, casts holy spells. Supposed to be a good dude. There's three different ways I could take him. One is I could be a healer. I could be a tank, meaning that I'm up front saying bad words to, to monsters, and they're getting mad at me. And I can take punishment. Or the what I'm playing is actually called retribution, meaning that like I'm just out, I'm out there to do damage. I can't really take hits and I'm not a healer, right? So that so like with that being said, like I could play that this way now. Um as you progress in this original game, you get a talent point each time you level, so like 1 through 60 or whatever, you get a talent point. And you slowly become that whatever it is you choose. S- like there's a couple expansions later where they changed it, where when you hit level 10, you can pick your specialty and they'll give you a couple of the, the cool things you can do there. So you get an identity early on. So you start to understand your character way early on. That's not here. Like you have to really kind of commit. And there there's part of that where people are like, well, it's worth it to do that for me. It's like, no, like, can I, can I be cool now? Like, can I just do this as opposed to, I have to wait two more levels before I can hit that guy harder. I don't like this. Like there there's been these like quality of life changes. So that's, I'm aware of all this. That's why I paid money. So that's the other thing I didn't tell you. Um, They offered a one-time fee of like, what was it like 40 bucks to get a character at level 58 to just go do this expansion. I'm like, I cannot level through the original game because I'd rather pull my head off and throw it out a window than go through that originally level experience. I'm like, I'll pay 40 bucks. I'll get to 58. I'll start that leveling then. So I'm a hack and fraud. So, but I'm, I'm in the middle of this expansion because I paid money to get to 58 and now I'm leveling. I don't know if that answered the question. It kind of went roundabout there.
2: Well, I, I think for me, you know, sometimes, you know, it's easier, uh, to, to go back into what I originally loved about the things that I discovered rather than step into what is being put out now. Um, Batman being a prime example, you know, I haven't read. I had the last current storyline I read and I, I I'm saying this knowing that I own death in the family or I'm sorry. Is the, so the, the long story short, they did a play on a death in the family, which I believe is called death of the family. I believe is, is, okay. is yeah, what yeah. that story is called. Long story short, um, court of owls, which precedes that is the last new thing that I read. And this is probably now like, seven or eight years old at this point so you know it's easy for me to go back to the things that I loved and be like well I'll just go and reread you know uh, the uh, run of Jim Aparo or Norm Brayfogle from like the late 80s into the 90s because I know that era and love it um, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Kinda, um, I could be it, wrong.
0: No, it's like it's like um, if you if you had a Nintendo growing up and you had uh, you know Super Mario Brothers, right? And then you got Super Mario Brothers two and three, but then you're like, you know what? I just want to go back. And it's like you're like Super Mario Brothers was where where the game was supposed to be purest, and that's all you played with Super Mario Brothers, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and it's like you even though you know as a gamer you're aware that there's there's uh, other sequels. And uh, definitely quality of life improvements. You just want to you just want to keep running around World One One or whatever. That that's what this is kind of okay. thing. And there's this weird stigmatism because since you're building like updating and improving and adding and changing systems throughout the years, that some people say it's kind of like some people like no matter what you do, everyone's going to say it was better back when. And I say bullshit on that because it like it's it's like we, I think we talked about recently that you said Lauren Michaels made the comment of like uh, your favorite SNL cast is the one that you you first watched. I think mm-hmm. that's the same thing here where it's like, yeah, Bernie Crusade classics. It, it's, it's been fun because there's a huge community there so you can actually talk to people and get some stuff done. So that's nice. Meaning you're not just by yourself. Uh, it's not like a it's not like a ghost land out there, so that's kind of nice. But then you wonder when that's going to fall off when the novelty of it falls off, right? Um, but at the same time, it's like it forces you to be a little more social because there's not the same quality of life improvements as there were early, like later, where you can click a button and join a group and go do a thing. Here, it's like you actually have to talk to people and be like, "Hey, do people want to do this?" And then you got to go out and like be like, "Looking for love, three more to go do this," and then you don't know what's going to happen. You know, um, so some people prefer this, this kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It, it's like, so far it's been interesting. I'm sure I'll lose interest at some point. Um, but I'm digging it right now. It's slow moving. I'm listening to podcasts. So there's that. So I, I got to your Halloween six discussion. That was quite wonderful that you guys had on that. The devil's ball. Um, but it's just, it's weird. Cause it's like, everything is reset. So like, you know, what's coming but you're not going to be there because it is years away and you're beholden to the rule set they give you. Now it's a weird thought process
2: that I guess that's what I'm saying. Just a side note for those of you who did listen to the uh, devils uh, at the devil's ball, uh, our discussion on uh, Halloween six uh, I had uh, right before recording, I had uh, read the section of taking shape, which is a, a book on the making of the Halloween films. And uh I had read it just prior to our conversation and I mentioned that book about 8,000 times. So if you want to have a fun drinking game, uh, I bring it up I think every time that I speak during that <laughs> episode. So
1: well, you'll be st- drunk
2: within an hour. So what
0: you're saying is long story short, you referenced the shape. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not I don't mean sorry, I don't mean to drag on the, the World of Warcraft stuff. It's just it's been it's just been interesting because it's reminded me of everything that was new to me at the time everything I'm pissed off at now, like, and it's like, but I'm still going to push forward because there is just that one, that one raid I want to get back to because there was a lot of fun there. And there was a lot of uh, like, in my mind, maybe I'm wrong. There was a lot of uh, coordination and teamwork to get things done that I, um, that's still there in the current game, but it's like, I don't know, man, you have your first loves, right? Like, I just want to get back to my first love.
2: Yeah, and maybe I can make another analogy here. Uh, you know, one of the things that I constantly hear from Metallica fans is that, you know, everybody seems to have a point in which they think that Metallica either sold out or, you know, suddenly stopped being amazing. Uh, whether it be, you know, their last best album was uh, Master of Puppets. Their last best album was Injustice for All. Maybe it's the Black album maybe everything sucks after load. Like there there's all these different opinions. And like, one of the things I like about it is, is that they're constantly at least trying to evolve and change their sound and they're not giving you the same thing over and over again. Yes. I feel like with this video game, at least, you know, there are people who probably think that, you know, whatever, uh, caravan of courage or, or uh, campfire of, uh, what was it called? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you talking about the Ewoks movies? Because
2: you said no. Caravan I'm Courage.
0: sorry. The, the expansion that if, you're talking about. The Camp if it was called Caravan of Courage, you can go after yourself. No, it's called the Burning Crusade. Uh, the
2: Burning Crusade. My yeah. apologies. Uh, the Last Crusade. I think that you know those people. <laughs> uh, you crusade know, they're idealizing yeah. that, and like to them, nothing ever got better than that. But they're also limiting themselves to the potential of where things could go because they want it to be the same forever and ever because that's when they loved it best uh,
0: well and also there's a certain amount of Bundyism of like four touchdowns in one game right like there's a whole like it was better that one time when we did all this stuff right like i like i had a lot of fun with uh with that expansion and i have friends that i've made from that that i'm still friends with like Like I've told the story before, uh, you know, uh, like when I went out to get married in Vegas, uh, uh, I, two of them came to my wedding. Like these are guys that I've known for years. I just didn't meet face to face until right before my wedding. And it was wonderful to have them there, you know, like, so there's a lot of great formative stuff here. I don't, I don't try to make any bones about like, oh shit, there's things I really missed that I wish I had on like, like meaning, you know, I just, I think I think people hold up stuff because they, they were the best at that thing at that time. And then things changed and either either they didn't move on with what the game was giving them, which that's, that's their right. Or maybe their life changed. Maybe they, they, they graduated college. Maybe they had a family, maybe they have other responsibilities. And so it's ever going to be like, Oh man, it was great when we could do this. And maybe this is what people were latching onto. I don't know. But you know, to to quote somebody I know. Long story short, I paid a I paid another forty dollars <laughs> to start a character uh, in this expansion, this first expansion of this game that I'm still like playing, and it's it's been interesting. Of like, it, you talk about time capsule because you mentioned that with like sledgehammer and things. This is a time capsule, right? Mm-hmm. And like in terms of how mm-hmm. it's being done, and there's a lot of you can see why Blizzard's company made a lot of decisions later to change. Uh, characters um, specializations and like quality of life because of player feedback it's evolving and so what we're seeing here is those decisions that like you you'll see the progression of decisions as they go forward but these are decisions that were already made 15 years ago so that to me is really interesting
2: I know that uh I have sung the praises of mythic quest uh often on this show uh I the things that you're talking about now, I think are actually playing into the current season uh, of the show. And at some point we seriously need to do a deep dive on that show. And I know, I know the barrier is the fact that Apple TV doesn't put their stuff out anywhere else other than Apple TV. Well,
0: there's an app app that I can, I can get for the PlayStation, which is weird. It's a Sony item that I can get Apple TV on. I don't understand that. I don't think Apple TV is letting Sony put their things on their TV. I'm going to guess that's not possible.
2: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll just say that, you know, at some point, hopefully we can talk about it. Cause I really do want to get that, the perspective of the show. Like the fact that it works so well for me, somebody who's not in the game, wor- gaming well, they, world they, at they're, they're all. I imagine it, there's a ton of content for you, but mythic quest is an MMO, right? So that's the
0: whole thing is it's an online persistent world. like right? right. Is that what they're talking about? Like that's,
2: so this, right. Okay. But what ahead. I'm saying yeah, is, yeah. is that like, I feel like it, the, And again, I can't without talking about the current season, like what they're dealing with, like they just recently decided to do a battle royale and change essentially a lot of the things that go into the game, Yeah. which again, these are things that I'm sure there are jokes that are going over my head. And I just feel like in having this conversation, it would be wonderful to approach something like that, which would be like, I I always feel like I am not holding the show back in any means, but. (laughs) I don't have the vocabulary for video game talk, which I know would probably get us a lot more listeners. (laughs) So it would be great to have, I actually. Let's have more wrestling talk then. How about that? We'll. we'll All right, so let's oh, yeah. talk about SummerSlam '87. <laughs> I just watched it. Uh, no, I'm just
0: I played. I played for the Nintendo. Uh, you know, uh, was it Friday Night? What was it um? Oh, what was it not Friday Night Fights? What was the that was the WWE thing they would do WWF um, on NBC? They had they had a game that was named it's after like that.
2: Saturday Night. Uh, oh God, because yeah, shoot, like um, Friday Night
0: bouts or Saturday Night bouts or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was a game like that. Anyway. I just, I just remember the honky talk man, like a guitar would bounce into the ring and you could grab it as a power up. That's all I remember about that. But anyway, (laughs) so no, burning crusade has been interesting. It's just, I thought about doing a blog post, but it's like, like it's one thing to sit there and play this game slowly. It's another thing to take screenshots and explain why, (laughs)
1: like I just,
0: (laughs) and trying to get into it. Like, it's just, I don't know if I have that vocabulary other than like, like I, I like your, your knowledge of like the things that you love and like, meaning like, I have this weirdly encyclopedic knowledge of like World of Warcraft that, like, when people start playing, I'm like, yeah, this, 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 and this. Like, I am, I am that, like, that guy that's over in the corner. It's like, don't talk to him. He'll start just yammering on. So I have like, like, this huge bulk of knowledge in my head. Um, so with this, it's like, I could talk about this forever and, and it will not make a lick of sense to anybody, but I wanted to just explain that, like, I've jumped into a time machine um, and your
2: mileage may vary. I think that's where I'm getting with that. I get that. I get that. And my extensive knowledge of Kmart sandwiches (laughs) is something that we can explore (laughs) in the future. Please.
0: You're right. Yeah. All right. So, all right, cool. That's been, that's been an hour. Oh my gosh, here we go. All right, let's just get to, let's just get to some news. That's that's not the news button. Here's the news button.
2: everyone.
0: All right. News. Uh, you know, it's, it's one hour into the show. It's what it's time for news. Uh, so it was just recently confirmed. It had been rumored for a bit. Rob zombie says his next film is the monsters. Steve, uh, react violently.
2: That's the thing. I'm not, uh, again, that's the thing, but I'm not going to react violently. I don't, I don't understand. Like, okay. I understand people who are, you I, I, know. I, I pay you for the hot takes. Come on. Hot takes. Come on now. Do it. Do a hot take. I I understand if people don't like the way Rob Zombie makes movies. I I can understand people who – because look, I mean he's about 50-50. Like his filmography, there's half of his filmography I really enjoy. The other half I don't. Um That said, I I don't understand having this instant reaction because that's what's going to happen on the Internet is people are just going to lose their shit and complain about how he shouldn't be touching the monsters, a property which I guarantee they don't give a goddamn about. Not something that they're holding up as this sacred thing that he shouldn't be touching, but it's because it's Rob Zombie. They're going to complain about it. And personally, myself, I feel like Rob Zombie is somebody who loves horror. But just because he loves horror doesn't mean that he doesn't want to do other things. I actually, I, there is a part of me that wishes, like, oh, I just wish he was doing a comedy. Like, I would be very interested to see him do a comedy that isn't horror related. But that said, I, I, I feel like his movies, he's written some, some very funny things into his movies. And I think that comedy is probably something that might be up his alley. And I'm, I'm interested to see him flexing muscles and do something different. Uh, you know, I think about his remake of Halloween two, technically not technically a remake of Halloween two, but it's, it's his sequel to his remake of Halloween. And the thing that's most interesting about that movie is, is that Brad Dourif's character of the sheriff, his daughter survives and he's taking, he's also taken Laurie Strode into his family as well. And he's a guy who's trying to, uh, deal with. Uh, two uh, young girls who have dealt with a tra- trauma and trying to put together a family and take care of these two girls and be there for both of them. That whole idea is far more interesting to me than everything that else in Halloween Two. I, I think that like like I want this to be just a drama about Brad Dourif and these two girls and trying to reconcile this trauma that happened to them the year previous. Like. I would have loved that movie um, because all the stuff with Brad Dourif in that movie and him relating to the two of them is fascinating. I think he's a better writer than the people give him credit for. Yes, he does have things that sometimes don't always work out, but that's every writer. And I, I just I don't I don't want to see people just instantly shitting on it. Like, I'm hoping that it's good. I I, I know that, you know, he's got a love for the monsters. Um He did a commentary for. Uh, the Shout Factory version uh, or release, I should say, of, I think, Munsters Go Home. Yeah, I think you're right. That... Uh, yeah, there's. There, I, I feel like there's a couple. Yeah, it is Munster Go Home. But like I, I feel like he's also got a love for the monsters. It's probably right up his alley. I'm hoping that he keeps some of the campiness. And I think that if he looks at it in the way that, say, um you know the adams family was handled when barry sonnenfeld redid it in the 90s and kind of keeps that idea where it's like keeping the aesthetic but uh, you know updating everything else around it i think he there could be some really funny things that he could do and some some really interesting things and I, i i know that i'm going against the grain and i'm not like you know, screw Rob Zombie, and he shouldn't be able to touch the munchers because it's this sacred thing that uh, means something to me, even though I haven't seen it in thirty years. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I'm I'm in a place right now where I just I'm I'm anti like people just attacking somebody. Before something even comes out, like a a simple announcement is enough for people to just get pissed off about it. No,
0: I just, you can tell he has a love for it and there's definitely like, you can see elements of, of it in his works. And like, I think, I think he's, and again, this is me not speaking to his filmography that much because I don't know, like I've talked about this before. Like some of the aesthetic just immediately turns me off and maybe that's on me. Maybe I should give some of his stuff a chance. I just, but I know I watched his Halloween remake. Oh, we did an episode it was before you were on the show, Steve. It was uh, that and the thing prequel. It was about like kind of taking other franchises and kind of like looking at it. Um, my challenge to you, and I think this would be really, really funny. Before I talk about my reaction to the monsters, I, I if we could find a fourth movie to make this work, Steve, I think it'd be great if in October if we did the original Halloween two. Um, Halloween 2, Rob Zombie, Halloween Kills, when it comes out, and then a fourth film, because I want to do four second Halloween movies. I think that'd be really great for October. <laughs> I, I,
2: I would absolutely be up for that, and I will say that, like, his version of Halloween 2 is my... I, I can't say that it's my least favorite of his films. I think his least favorite film of his is, is 31, but I, I think that movies like uh lords of salem his his devils rejects trilogy um uh, those work for me quite a bit and i I think that when he gets to make films on his own terms uh he does really good work and i totally get people's criticisms it's not like i dismiss them i just i hate the knee-jerk reactions anymore you know it's it's like if you know rob Leefield was being announced as you know the head creative director for the x-men like people would lose their minds not thinking of the fact that like at one point rob Leefield was the biggest name to hit the x-men in a very i shouldn't say the x-men but the x-universe because yeah. of new mutants and x-force that 30 years ago like he was the biggest thing to hit those characters so i don't know i i, I sometimes get annoyed with knee-jerk reactions and I, I may be even coming out more in defense of, of Zombie at this point in regards to that, just because of... Uh, I know that it's just going to be a lot of people saying that he shouldn't touch it, and it's, you know, some sort of, you know, sacred piece that he shouldn't touch. I do hope, and I know I'm going off... Uh, off uh, not off-topic, but I do hope that... I'm going long. I, I hope that he at least you know does keep the aesthetic i think that like changing the look of those characters too much might be detrimental mm-hmm. i think keeping it classic in the way that the, the adams family did uh, might be the best way to approach it but i think like the humor and say something like beetlejuice or the adams family or even the way ghostbusters impre- approaches like being a horror comedy i think that might be the best way to do it where it's an adult comedy the last thing that I do want to see is I don't want it to be like an R rated, like hard, you know, <laughs> version of the Munsters. Yeah. I I mean, that's what
0: people are like, is, is the F word going to be said? No, I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be like, I almost at this point, I trust him to make this movie versus like Tim Burton at this point. I like, I feel like he, like he has a love of this and the Munsters were a thing that they existed as a family that was in like, you know, everyday America. I think mm-hmm. the fish out of water portion of this is that's, that's where you find your gold, right? Like that, like, I don't know if you saw the two Brady Bunch films. Um, oh yeah. I yeah. love the sequels. The, the, the sequels the sequel is hilarious. Right. But the whole notion of like, this is this family that exists at a very specific time from the 60s, but it's now the nineties. Like, I think that's where the monsters need to live.
2: I agree with that. And I, I think that, uh, you know, whatever direction he takes it in, I, I'll be interested in checking it out. But I, I just hope that people wait before reacting. I mean, this is this isn't an announcement. It's not even like a trailer. It's not casting information. It's none of that. It's it's yeah. literally him being like, yeah, rumors are true. I'm going to do the monsters." you know yeah and
0: i mean it's like even if he even did like an homage then again this is me just bullshitting and who am i even if he do, did like an homage to like edward scissors hands where it's like you have that like dark like gothic mixed with like suburban like pink like i think that would be really cool like and i think he has the mindset and i also i think he has the color palette to do it i think he can do something fun i also hope that he brings somebody else like a, a group of like people to come in to write for him like because like he doesn't need to shoulder the actual like moment to moment like please let somebody else help with the script if he has an idea for the story cool bring script writers in that's all i'm asking
2: i uh, i'll disagree with you in the sense that i think that uh
0: there's the hot take <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, that, that I disagree with you. I, I, oh. I think that He's actually a strong enough writer that it would be interesting to see him do something that isn't what we know him for. You know, I, I can't speak to what his thoughts were for 31, which I mentioned is my least favorite movie, but it, it really felt like he wasn't even trying. It was like, how about I just throw everything that people like about me into one movie? Um, whereas I think lords of salem he takes some really interesting chances yes there's a lot of himself in that as well and and i I think also maybe that means something to me as well uh you know i i we talk about kevin smith a lot on here you know whether i like a kevin smith movie or not it's almost always a kevin smith movie it always feels like it's his voice behind it and that's the same that i could be that could be said for rob zombie so Look, I'm not saying it's going to be the greatest thing ever. I'm not saying that he's going to reinvent the characters and, you know, make the monsters relevant, but I don't know. Let's give him a chance before we attack him.
0: Yeah. And here I'm going to be a bit of a hypocrite. Like uh, Tim Burton's dark shadows wasn't terrible. It was okay. You know, like, so you can Uh, take, I haven't seen it.
2: My wife watched it on a plane and didn't enjoy it. So I haven't checked it, it out.
0: It was okay. Like I, there's, there's like, there's some decent jokes in there, you know, but like it's it just, and also like you got the Adams Family movies too. Like this is something, yeah, you could certainly thread this needle and do a good job with it. And I think you could have picked, you could have picked, um, worse people to head this that don't have a love of the subject matter. So you're right. I'm gonna, I'm in the wait and see bucket with you. I just, I also will speak from a position of, uh, um, not as knowledgeable of his film, films. I just, some of the things I've seen and people's um, opinion, I know that's also wrong of me to be like, eh, I don't know, because there's certain people's opinion like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I don't know about <laughs> you, but it's just like if someone's like, I really like that movie. I'm like, you, you did? I don't know if I ever want to watch that movie. You know, like,
2: <laughs> I guess, I guess yeah. it's interesting that I brought up Kevin Smith in the sense that I uh, think that's an I think that's an
0: appropriate thing because there's times where he's actually directed things that he didn't write. And that's, that's not been great either, you know, like, so you can't always control everything, right. In terms of like, in terms of a, you as a, of a viewer and expecting to enjoy something. And Kevin Smith's a really good example of a person that I adore, don't like all his output, but I hope for the best. And I think he has always, I think he always wants to do the best with what he has,
2: whether or not i agree with the directions he takes. That's, that's on me for good or for bad. I feel like both he and zombie, whatever they put out there isn't really an in-between for me. I'm either like, yeah, yeah one in my cup of tea, or, oh, I loved that. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think also people don't... And again, I realize there's a horror element to this as well, but, you know, just because an artist loves one specific genre doesn't mean that they want to do different... that they don't want to do different things. No director, writer... Artist is like, you know what? I'm only ever going to do horror or I'm only ever going to do science fiction or I'm only ever going to do, you know, romantic comedies or whatever. Like, like well, every what's Craven made
0: music from another room, right? He needed to make that movie that wasn't like involving weird
2: kills. I don't know how many people Stan die in that movie made both Spider-Man and a simple plan. Yeah. You know, those are as far from the evil dead as you can get. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, does does Glenn Close, I think she's in Music From Another Room. Does she kill anybody in that? I don't know. I've never seen
2: it. Like, I think it's it's Music From the Heart. Oh, is, is it?
0: Okay.
2: The title. I have not seen it, so I'm being a hypocrite right now defending it where I'm like, yeah, but so-and-so did this. But, you know, John Carpenter, John Carpenter, yes. I mean, he stays within his wheelhouse in a lot of terms, but, like, he, he doesn't just make, you know, John uh, – he doesn't just make Halloween. He makes the fog. He makes the thing he makes. uh, Sorry. uh,
0: Sorry. You're right. It was music of the heart. It was Meryl Streep. So I got so many things wrong there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say music of the heart body count. I'm going to Google that and see what happens. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great where it's like the most that's ever happened in a Wes Craven film. Like
2: (laughs) I just realized that though, bringing up Carpenter, I, I sort of pigeonholed myself in the sense that I'm like, I just brought up three horror films. Uh, the point that I'm making is, is yeah. that, you know, artists, uh, do you want to try different things? And I, I would love to see Z- Rob Zombie be like, yeah, I'm going to tackle a comedy. That's, yeah. that's where well, I'll be And it. also,
0: to be fair, Carpenter did an Elvis uh, TV miniseries, too. So, he you know, he's done other things as well. So, yes, I agree with that. So, all right. Here, how about, like, fingers tentatively crossed that we uh, find good things here, right? So, th- there we go. So, uh, next story here. Steve doesn't know about this. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 laughing just because of how tone deaf it is, not because I think what happened is funny. Uh it is it's June as we record this. It's currently Pride Month. So, Steve, Injustice is um a DC universe thing that's happening now where it's like it's like Dark Superman and all this. Like, I don't know if you know about the Injustice video games and like the comic series. Are you familiar with that at all? Where it's more like the messed up DC thing going on.
2: I am. I could be wrong, but isn't the central idea behind it is, is that just that Superman isn't able to save Lois, and that turns him yeah because the Joker
0: the Joker messes him up, and then like a Justice is like the dark darker even even darker than Zack Snyder's uh, DC.
2: Yeah yeah i'm familiar i don't know the details but yes i'm familiar so there's a
0: there's a mobile game called injustice 2 and here's the headline injustice 2 mobile apologizes for inappropriate pride month event so uh wait what's an
2: inappropriate pride month well you're about to find
0: out (laughs) The Injustice 2 mobile game Twitter account has issued an apology to fans after an in-game event to celebrate Pride Month involved beating up an LGBTQIA plus character. The event involved repeatedly fighting Poison Ivy, a well known bisexual character and iconic villain stemming from Batman's DC Universe. Uh, Reported by Kotaku, the irony of this global challenge was that was magnified by a tweet celebrating the players had taken down Poison Ivy over 175,000 times, followed by a pride hashtag. Yeah, so. uh, (laughs) What? Again. Sorry, please, people, don't misunderstand that my laughter is what happened because it's terrible. It's more like, who thought this was a good idea?
2: Right, that's what I don't get. (laughs) Who who read that and was like, yeah, oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. Yeah, so they were like trying to celebrate
0: the normalization of violence towards those persons of like you know, you know, different sexual like you know. uh, likes just like whatever you like the whole spectrum like the lg uh btqia plus people right like it's just like hey guys we're gonna have a pride event beat beat up this person that's an icon like that's been like a,
2: a comic icon for this congrats oh my god i, I don't know that you could be more tone deaf i i just i mean it's one thing if you're celebrating poison ivy as a character and actually, uh, we haven't talked about it. I, I think I've mentioned it on the show uh, previously that uh, I had uh, delved into the Harley Quinn animated show, which is on HBO Max. And uh, I actually, I think that Harley Quinn is actually one of the best characters on the show. If not... Sorry, you mean, maybe Poison Ivy is one of
0: the best characters on the show. I'm sorry. I'm said, sorry yeah, who did
2: I say? You said Harley Quinn. Uh, my apologies. Yes. Uh, Poison Ivy. Who famously has a relationship with Harley Quinn. Um, uh, but I don't understand how you confuse the two where you're like Pride event. Yeah. <laughs> out of point ear, like I just don't under uh, it, it, I, Wow. I, I got nothing. I really I, I, you know I wanted to point out that I, I and we don't know what happens in Suicide Squad but uh, the James Gunn one that is uh, I know that Uh, Margot Robbie has petitioned DC to be like, hey, why can't we get Poison Ivy into a movie and explore this relationship? Because I, I do think that there's a lot of people who would love to see that movie. And it's just so weird that the video game people got it so wrong. Like, that's, I don't know.
0: That's why I mean I know I wasn't trying to leave you flabbergasted but I was like this really happened like
2: <laughs> I know I, I, and I realized that I went in like six different directions no 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 there. no because no.
0: like, I- everything you said there was right and like and so you know the injustice two team took down the tweet but they but the like the, the other thing to kind of add uh, like the cringe further to it is that. Like they had changed their like Twitter logo to like you know like something of pride, right? Like a the lot, there's a lot of rainbow logos showing up uh, this month. Rightfully so, we need we need the people to show out there and show their support and be an ally for for all you know for everybody, um, you know. And like I did too. Like I, I went with, like on my my social media, I changed to the the rainbow Mega Man because you know we got to do that. Um, so, but it's just like I just like who just I, uh, like who 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 signed off on this? Like, I just don't understand. Like, also you're a fighting mobile game. Um, you shouldn't make any challenge. Like, it's like, what it like, it's just almost just like what, like, like it's February, it's black history month. Like, just no, don't do that. Like, don't have, like, don't have a fighting challenge. Like, just ugh. like none of it makes sense to me. You know,
2: like, is I, mean, a clown, I guess I can kind of you know. see it in the sense of you're like, Oh, we've got you know Poison, Poison Ivy, who's a you know an LGBTQ character. Uh, let's try and promote it. But like they're going about it in just a completely wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: what? Like they could have been like all this month. Like we were gonna offer up cool outfits and stuff to show pride for all the characters in the game. You know, if you want to like you know like spend in-game currency to get it, or show proof that you donated to X, Y, Z charities. Will give you the skin, you know, like that. That makes more sense to me. Like, Overwatch, here I am, um, you know, talking on Blizzard's Cape. A few years ago, they did a uh, breast cancer um thing where it's like uh, th- there's a character called Mercy and she is a healing character. And they had a specifically a pink skin for her for breast cancer, uh, like a you know, month where it's like people could pay that money for the skin, and that went like it went directly to a charity. I don't think hopefully it wasn't Susan, Susan G Komen cause they, they can go F themselves, but it, it, but it was supposed to go towards charity. That makes sense to me. Like what if you got like a really cool poison Ivy skin or if she's a playable character and paid money for it. And that all went towards like the Trevor project or something like that's fine, but not like actively opening like, Hey everybody here, here's the event to celebrate pride beat up this person. That's different than you. That's not, that's not the message that should go out.
2: (laughs) I mean, I understand in the sense that, you know, she's supposed to be a villain and, you know, maybe making her the top boss or something. Maybe you promote that, but yeah, the way you're describing it, it just sounds, it (laughs) sounds like somebody really missed. uh, Yes. (laughs) But you, you do wonder too, how many people that pass through that? Nobody.
0: You, you know that Is, the, you know there's so that one person that was just like, I don't know. Did about somebody this. like this
1: isn't
2: a <laughs> good idea.
0: <laughs> Whew, you know? Like you know, they're like, I'm glad I don't actually have to touch this. I'm just gonna leave it on my desk. I'm gonna Oof. go to lunch. You know, whatever. Whew, right? Bad news. <laughs> Bad news. <laughs> Department. I'm going to go to lunch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh wait, we're fighting poison ivy. Oh, I hear the hoagie truck outside. I'm going to, I'm going to go deal with that. Oh man. I, I should make light of this because we don't want to downplay violence towards,
2: you know, cause no, no yeah, we're yeah. not downplaying it. We're pointing out the fact that it's just a stupid thing that happened that, that somehow, <laughs> somehow this company missed like the bigger message. Yeah, that's um, the thing that's, you know, cause I, I understand that they're a villain, so, you know, you're fighting game, you want to have the heroes win, but at the same time, maybe find a different way to spotlight Poison Ivy than like, Hey, we beat the crap out of this character. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I think I, like, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I, I just like, so whenever you hear the phrase, there's no wrong answers whenever, whenever somebody says that, you know, there's some wrong answers coming out, <laughs> right? Like when some, or someone's like, there's no dumb answers. No, there's some dumb answers or there's no dumb questions. There are plenty of dumb questions, right? So I think in this case, if they're just like, Hey everybody, what can we do? It would be like if Chick-fil-A is like, Hey, should we celebrate pride? And everyone's like, Shh, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, why do you know what we do? Oh yeah. That's a bad idea.
2: But like, like, <laughs> You know, like, I mean, to be fair though, is that really a thing that Chick-fil-A is going to oh, do? Oh, no,
0: no. That's my point is like, they're like, Hey, we should, we should, uh, we should celebrate pride. They're like, do you know where your money goes? It's like, Oh yeah, we shouldn't do that. Let's just keep quiet about it.
1: Like, okay.
0: <laughs> you know, anyway. So it just, yeah, that happened. Uh, so that's, that's the other story I had here. I just wanted to hear I mean, Steve's, uh, just, uh, like frustrated laughter at it. I, and, and I got what I wanted out of it. So I got, I got my pound of flesh.
2: Yeah, I, and I don't want to spoil uh, season two of Harley Quinn, but uh, I, I and I did mention when I talked about the show originally. It did take me a little while to get around the language of the show, but uh, once you settle into it, it's it's quite good, and uh, the the fact that. Uh, you know, Poison Ivy navigates uh, having dated uh, Kite Man previously, and then how her relationship with Harley Quinn unfolds. It's really, really well done and really funny. And I, I think that uh, if you're somebody who's playing the Injustice game, maybe not focus on that portion of it, but uh, definitely uh, give that Harley Quinn show a chance.
0: I, I need to. I've watched she's the, first the, highlight of the show. I I need to get back to it because I know Ron Funch is a King Shark. I need to. I was going to say
2: her and King Shark are the two. Highlights. Uh, Ron Funches is like,
0: I need to hug that man one day. Like, I just, that's all there is to it. I love Ron Funches. So I need to get back to it. I did, I did like it, but you're right. The language, which that will actually feature into, I think this is actually a good parallel coming into our discussion here about uh, Modoc.
2: Plus, and
1: now for our
2: feature. Pre- plus, what? Oh, I was just going <laughs> to say, plus, uh, that will lead into a man that I want to hug in Patton Oswald. So there, there you go. go. All right. <sighs>
0: Button presses. All right, so uh, Modok is man that we want to hug under. Whatever. So Modok, <laughs> uh, mental organism designed only for killing, um, is currently on Hulu. All ten episodes, I think it's ten episodes. Uh, it's a Marvel. It's it's a Marvel series. It's a little different than what what Marvel has put out, and I put that in air quotes. Uh, Steve had mentioned this to me last week to talk about this because you and your wife are currently working your way through it at the time. I had finished it. I had liked it. Um, but your reaction to it was, um, was interesting to me. So please, um, also I should throw out one of these out here real quick.
1: Do you know why they are called spoilers?
0: We're going to probably spoil parts of this. I mean, we don't mean to, but it's kind of hard not to. So Steve, please, you, you want to talk about this because you were, your reaction was interesting to me.
2: There are a couple of pieces of this that I, I want to bring up, uh, in relation to Modoc, but, the first one is, is that uh, I just mentioned Pat Oswalt and how much like he he is. Uh, I don't want to say like king of the geeks, but he he's the guy right now that I probably admire the most. Uh, he's the guy that I, I'm like, he's part of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know, I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, I love his stand up. Uh, he's a part of the Marvel universe in various degrees. He was on when I was watching agents of shield. He popped up there. I know that he, uh, loves comic books. I know that he wrote a Mo comic book, which I'm going to be purchasing in. I didn't buy it for this episode because I thought it might be too much to try to pack in, uh, along with the episode. But I know that he and the partner Jordan bloom, I believe is his name put together a Modoc comic for for Marvel that I also want to read but um, that's a piece of it I just my admiration for Pat Oswald uh, and then the fact that I did not expect to like a Modoc as much as I did not because of Pat Oswald or the people behind it but I don't have that much familiarity with, with Modoc. I, I I always thought of him as an Avengers villain. And doing some research into the character, I realized that he was actually a Captain America villain when he started. Uh, those of you who read comics, he was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. I mean, he's a Kirby design all over. If you look at the way that character's designed, he's a giant head and a chair and then tiny arms and tiny yeah. legs. But I, I don't know what you're um your history with the character is i don't know that i have that many issues with, with odak Modoc in them um he's never been h- held up as this you know pillar of marvel villainy if you will he's at least grade b it, it if if you're going you know your top tier villains might be you know a dr doom uh norman osborne um I'm trying to think of who else maybe Kingpin even Kingpin I think at one point has only been elevated in the last like 20 to 30 years so um, but MODOK certainly wouldn't have made that list you know he wouldn't have been your Lokis your Ultrons and that's a piece of this this series but it's not one that I gravitated towards it wasn't something that I was like oh I have to watch the MODOK show (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I know that I'm kind of jumping all over the place but I did not expect to love the show as much as I did. Like I thought it was going to be funny because of Oswald's involvement. I thought that uh, I, I, I thought it was traditionally animated. I did not realize that it was going to be the robot chicken people working on it as well and giving it that look and feel. Um, I am not as well versed with robot chicken as I'm going to guess Paul is and he can correct me if I'm wrong. For me, most of the robot chicken things, the uh, chicken things that I've seen, have been just bits and skits, and then the Star Wars specials that they've done. The bits and
0: skits should be a restaurant that you and I open at some point. <laughs> um, no, Stupid Buddy Studios. I'm just seeing this versus the via the web page, I should say, or the Wikipedia page. Uh, the yeah, the people that produce um, Robot Chicken did the animation for this, so it is a it's a. I'm sure it's a hybrid stop motion but it has a distinct look to it which I which I appreciate um but in regards to my familiarity with uh, Modoc like yeah I mean Like, you know, I knew who he was in terms of the Marvel Universe, but it's like I throw him, like, in the same bucket as, like, Mojo or, like, I don't know. Like, the fact that they reference Arcade. Did you pick Mojo just because he's another, like, big, large character? Yes, yeah, big, big weird thing that just shows up (laughs) in the X-Men universe, right? And, like, see, but you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, it's like Mojo's a hard sell. He's a very hard sell. He's weird looking. So it's
2: Modok, Sugar Man, and Mojo. Yeah,
0: I just... (laughs) I don't know who would voice Mojo, but he needs to fight Modok at some point in the series, right? But whatever. It's like, yeah, it's just like the the notion that he's like a C or D list uh, villain, but he's notable because of his name. He's a giant head. And also, too, uh, Steve, I, I just found this out, um, that the Avengers game that came out for consoles like um, about almost a year ago, like I know you, you're not familiar with it, but it's uh, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a big deal by um, Crystal Dynamics, whatever. Uh, it's not done so well because who would have thought that a game half-baked would sell, sell well or not? That One of the main villains of that is MODOK. Um, so, okay. yeah, they, he shows up there. Um, but, yeah, it's just like it's, he. you know, he's a good like when they talk about the idea of you want a villain for a hero to beat up, like he's, he's a good one because he all, his whole goal was just to take over the world. Right. And so he's an easy one to toss out there and kind of kick to the side. I mean, he looks like a pinata already, so why not? Right. But so I think it was fun. So with this, I think we talked about this a while ago that this was announced with four other, um, with, it was one of four series that was announced on Hulu that, yeah. um, two of them got canceled immediately, like after the announcement. So he was supposed to be part of this thing called the offenders with like Howard, the duck and a couple other things, but they still move forward with this. So I don't know what's going on with, um, I think something's called hip monkey. It's coming out. I don't know what that is anyway, but I, I
2: will say, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt you. No, here, no, no. I'm, I'm but just, I, I'm, I do. Um, yeah. After watching the series, I don't know how that fits into these other series. I don't know how. Modok and Howard, maybe Howard the Duck might be the, the a fair one to be like. Okay, I can see how those two can come together. I mean, But they, I, if they
0: did that in a similar like animation style and had, make it its own Marvel animated universe, I'm fine with that because they're they both take the piss out of like Marvel, right? I think that's kind of the fun part, and the fact that like um, with this we didn't even talk about it, it's like it, it like I I don't I think that this should not have the same continuity. Like it's under the Marvel, you know, the Marvel television thing. Right. It's like, just like, so, and I'm sorry, I forgive me. I just want to take a step back. Like, I know the reaction to Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't like, some people were like on the fence about it. It's like, yeah, but what if that was like a six issue comic that you're like, okay, that's a cool story. It wasn't the greatest, but what's coming next? I think people are putting a lot of this content up on a pedestal because everything has to be amazing. Like,
2: I still don't understand the criticisms of, of, I mean, I I understand some of it, but like it might be an a minus
0: like, yeah, no, but but you see what I'm saying though. Like, I think people need to kind of shift their, their mentality of like, you can have continuity, but also have offshoots that are different creative teams. And you're going to have, you're going to have some winners and some losers. And I'm not saying that I, I'm not hoping for mediocrity and by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like, it's almost like, um, did you, did you tell me that you watched Doom Patrol or was it, uh, was it Joe, uh, other co former co-host of the, I think it was Joe. <laughs> other co-host.
2: Yes. Uh,
0: the previous co-host Joe, he's still um, alive guys. Uh, he's not buried out there somewhere, but he, I think he's watched the two seasons of Doom Patrol and he's like, it's really, really good. And I'm like, cool.
2: And I th- watched the first three episodes. Couldn't get my wife on board and have not gone back. Okay. Cause I, I have to like figure out my time wise. Fair enough. Like how I break my time down. If I can't get her invested in something, I'm like, okay, then I mean, I have to devote my own time to, to, that to watch tough. this. It can yeah. be hard.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, but my point is that I think it's okay to have like these weird offshoots, not even weird. You're telling your own stories. And I, I understand that people are now like, uh, obsessed with connecting universes. Like there's this <laughs> Zack Snyder's like blown eyes, ass about how there's going to be an army of the dead universe. I'm like, Great. Please bring me more. But with this, it's like you can have Marvel be like, here, like like you should have you could have titled this the series What the and moved on. You know what I mean? Like it could have been we're gonna have some fun with this. Iron Man's involved. Um there there's a specific point in which to do a flashback about um oh uh what's her name? Um the scientist supreme, um which I here Monica. Yeah, which I I'll be honest, I wasn't even familiar with that character at all. Uh, Monica Rap- Rappuccini, Scientist mm-hmm. Supreme. I did not know who she was. And then how there's a flashback about how she kills an Avenger her, her first day there. And then there's this whole thing where Modok's like, oh, you killed a big one. We all don't have to say who it is because that would mess up the film continuity. Like, <laughs> it was... Like, they're aware of the world they're in and I dig it. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be... Like, it could be its own thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm taking the long way around with this, but... If, if Marvel is not afraid uh, to to poke fun of itself, which I don't think it is, because it certainly can do that. Like, I'm glad that this exists and it kind of, it winks towards the, the film universe, but like MODOK doesn't have to be like folded into all things Marvel.
2: What I think is fascinating about the show is, is that it, it gives you the best of the both, both worlds. If you're, Somebody who's read comic books all your entire life, there's going to be jokes in there that work for you. If you're somebody who's just watched the movies, there's going to be jokes that work for you. Like the fact that John Hamm is voicing Iron Man. And that makes me very happy, of, yes. <laughs> yeah. But he's also playing him very much not like Robert Downey Jr., but also in a way playing him very much like Robert Downey Jr., where MODOK is just sort of an annoyance to him. You know, um, he pops up at different times throughout the entire series and, you know, makes reference to like the things that he could be doing other than like dealing with MODOK and why, you know, MODOK is is not worthy of of battling him. I mean, the first episode, you know, MODOK's big victory is that he steals Iron Man's boot. You know, he doesn't even steal it. No, Iron Mark. Man like, loses his boot by
0: kicking yeah. Ultron. Not Ultron, sorry,
2: MODOK. That was a faux pas. Sorry, I could continue. But I, I, I quite enjoyed that in the sense that they're giving you enough here that if you've seen the Marvel movies, you can watch the series. If you're a comic book fan, there's going to be tons here for you to enjoy. It's it's what I was trying to reference earlier when I was – again, I'm going to bring up Mythic Quest for the eighth time this episode. But – like I know that there are jokes that I'm missing because I'm not a gamer. And so I imagine there are things in that show that would be hilarious on that level, but I can enjoy it because the show does a good enough job to make me, you know, understand what the story is and what the, you know, uh, what, where the jokes are. I feel like this also does that. I think that Modoc, you can approach it, whether you have a, a past of rating comics or, or not or just familiar with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is why that uh, that joke about Monica killing an Avenger on her first day works so well, because, A, it's her first day. But B, they don't tell you who it is. <laughs> you yes. Can't tell who it is by the costume. Yes. but The fact that he uh, goes out of his way to comment and say, like, oh, my God, you can't. Kill- I can't even believe you did this. It's your first day. You killed him. Oh, my God, if this was a, you know, and you already made the joke yeah. about it being a feature franchise, it would ruin that, f- that film franchise. And I, I have seen speculation online that people seem to think that it's uh, Hank Pym. Eh. Who cares? And I'm like, OK, that's fine. I, it doesn't really matter. But I, I, I do think it's, you know, it's approachable for, for both. Um both old school Marvel slash comic book fans and people who have only ever dipped their toes in the waters of the Marvel comic book movies.
0: Yeah. And it's like, so to further that, like, um, like it's, so I, I showed the first episode uh, to my wife and, and she, she laughed. And then like the thing like that, like after we watched it, she's like, I just wish I, she's like, I'm not familiar with the character. And I, I looked at her and I was like, you don't have to be. Like, I was trying to explain, like, it doesn't matter because, like, this character has been used in a couple different ways and has had, he's been a punching bag forever. Like, just let it be, let Pat and Oswald be, be Modoc, be Modoc at home, which we haven't even talked about his family life yet, or any of anything going on at AIM. Like, it's just, it's, it, 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 and I think part of the reason this won you over, too, Steve, is that as much as, um, I have uh, like spoken about like the fun uh, highs and lows of Rick and Morty about how it makes you laugh, but also kind of grabs you like, you know, but uh, it punches you in the gut. Th- th- maybe this doesn't swing as wildly, but you give a shit. And I think this gives, it gives, I think that's, that's a good, um, uh, you get your dip your toes into this kind of weird, like kind of storytelling, which I like that there's some
2: swings here. I don't want to jump to the end. But you're saying, you know, hitch you in the gut. If this ending to the first season does it hit you in the gut, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I did not see the ending coming. And the fact that it ends the way it does, I'm like, oh, my God, we better get a season two. If this is how it ends. Oh, my dear God. But also the fact that the, the show balances the fact that he's a supervillain and a family man. <laughs> in some aspects so well <laughs> I, I, air, quotes, that, like, air quotes air quotes around the words joke. family man like <laughs> we yeah. should also put air my quotes around super villain ep- yeah sorry i'm ahead. sorry i keep talking over. no no my no mind. that's fine sorry my, my favorite joke in the first episode is when he leaves aim and they're all like does anybody know where he goes at night and they're like yeah who cares and it, it cuts to him like taking out recycling and he's like oh god nobody took out the recycling and then he's like pulling out the like you know the, the bin which is you know anybody who has to take the trash out has is, is been through that like you know Ugh, I guess I better do it because tomorrow's trash day or whatever but it, it, it was so funny and then the fact that we then meet his family and the fact that he's got like a daughter and a son and his daughter who looks I'm sorry. His his son who looks relatively normal and looks like his wife, and then he's got a daughter <laughs> who looks like him. I oh my god! Like it. it I I also it like that me they laugh never,
0: so much. They never ever comment that she's a head in a chair. Do you notice that? Right. Like like even with her high school problems, her frustrations was like other things other than she's a head in a chair. So I like that they like like she's not like she's not being made fun of or made the joke No. The, like, and I like that because it's like she still has her own things right like I know what was it there's the whole joke about how she said um oh what was her her name uh she claims it was uh um mental entity living to induce seriously sinister anarchy but then uh Modoc's like no we named you after Melissa
2: Etheridge like <laughs> <laughs> And the fact that they built an entire episode about a—is a, it, um, Oh God. Uh, the band, uh, third eye blind, uh, third eye blind. I wanted to say three days grace, but I knew that wasn't right. Um, is just hilarious to me. And I think what makes the series work. And I know that we're jumping all over the place. People, this usually happens when we're really stoked about talking about something is that, and I, I'm going to say this and it's an easy comparison to make, but I, I feel like, this is what The Simpsons did best when The Simpsons first became a thing, and um, it, it, it probably why it still lasts thirty years later is is that the series gives you these wild, crazy, abstract comedy beats, but then hits you in the gut with something where you're like, "Wow!" Like they're 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 exploring like his family life and they're exploring his relationship with his kids and. You know, it's not always played for a joke. Like, I, I think that was when I realized it was the robot chicken guys. I was like, oh, you know, those are always good for, you know, a five minute skit about why something, you know, whether it's because it's, <laughs> it's all one- short, quick cuts. They can go
0: for like the, the joke and you're out. Right. Like, well,
2: that, yeah, I, I always think of the uh, the one skit, which is the uh, El- Emperor Palpatine learning of the destruction of the Death Star. While he's on the phone and he's having a conversation with Darth Vader, and he's like, "The aluminum Falcon, what the hell is that?" <laughs> it's funny, but it's 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 maybe a three, four, five minute skit. Like, there's no bigger story to it other than it being part of the Star Wars universe. This year, they're building not only the character of Modoc, but his family, and giving him and his character, the characters that are around him, whether it be Monica. Or um, introducing somebody who acquires aim uh, and his dealings with them and focusing on lower level criminals that he has to deal with, like Tenpin, who I'd never heard of before. (laughs) They're giving all this context to these characters, but also building in stories about him trying to connect with his son or his daughter and his daughter giving him advice on how to fix things. It's... I, I know I just put a lot into that whole like last, you know, two minutes, but it's why the show works is that it, it's, it's so much more than a skit. It's, it, yeah. it gives you everything all together. I,
0: like the only thing I would say that like, and this is a small, small, small negative, And we didn't even mention uh, the super adapt. Right. We're which, done right now. Yeah, we're good. No negatives. So super Sorry. adaptoid, I love them anyway. Um, is that the last, like, 15 seconds of an episode if it was teasing the bigger world would just like give you like like a cliffhanger and be like done mm-hmm. and it never it never gave time for those cliffhangers to actually do anything and i'm like oh all right well i'm glad this is a bingeable series i can just move on to the next one like it didn't even give me enough information to move on that was frustrating to me especially the whole thing with uh grumble being the company that uh bought the majority of stake and um and aim because I like at the very beginning, it's like you had uh, this big assault that M.O.D.O.K. was doing, like on Wall Street or whatever, and it got foiled pretty quickly. And then we like, cause we see the typical like comic book attack. And then we find out mm-hmm. because of this, AIM is bankrupt they have nothing. And so then, so basically Google has to come in and buy out like a part of the, part of the company. And then that's when we get, Like, I hope you're, I hope you're enjoying that was Beck Bennett. That was the voice of, um, Oh, absolutely. Of yeah. Austin Vander Cause the moment, like, even though he's like animated, it's like, not animated, like a stop motion. You're like that's, that's Beck Bennett,
2: <laughs> which is funny too, because my wife thought it was Joe McHale. So I didn't, I, I didn't, not, not wrong. Her. You know, like so she I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like it's totally Joe McHale. Visually, but I'm like, yeah, it's Beck Bennett's voice.
0: But I also thought Super Adaptoid was uh, Dangle from uh, Rio 911, um, but it was not. It's mm. uh, it's a gentleman named John Daly. That's a different different actor, but they sound almost the same. Um, but I, like, I love Super Adaptoid. I love uh, Gary, the the aim henchman that lost an arm. I like. Can uh,
2: we can we talk about that too? Because I I think that that's fantastic. I love that he's so devoted to Modok. <laughs> That we see at the end of like the season that like it's affecting his marriage. and like, <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just, but
2: he also has like a fascination with fire.
0: There's this fascination with fire with the character that's never explained. <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 yeah. I know. I enjoy that. The only, the only character I feel like that is allowed to be like that they give free license just to be weird, to be weird is the son Lou. I love Ben Schwartz as an actor. He was uh John Ralphio in um Parks and Rec. I think he's great. I just think they kept left letting him just do whatever and there's no there's no boundaries for his character. And I I guess that's maybe me, but it's like he gets to say the most random things and I'm like th- th- is there is there a stopping point for this character? You know, like I I don't know. One of my
2: favorite jokes that he has is is it's later in the in the season where his daughter brings out a gun that Modoc created that can shoot you and make you feel like you've drunk without having yes. uh drank any alcohol. And he, he so like doesn't want to like upset his mom that he's like, Oh, well maybe the best way to defy her is by obeying her orders. And like it's just so funny the way he says his lines, and I, I get what you're saying. But the fact that it also leads into, and I don't want to spoil things too much, <laughs> when we get towards the end of, <laughs> closer to the end of the season, yeah. uh, we sort of get a duplicate version of Lou. Oh, we, fact yeah, we do. two of them. Yeah.
0: Which I like that Lewis says that his name stands for lanky organism, undeniably irresistible and uh, syphilitic syphilitic and he's like i don't know what that last word is but it sounds cool (laughs) like that was a fun joke like i'm not saying i didn't dislike the character it's just that they kept like tacking on the weird it's like okay i get it just calm down like just like
2: i don't know i feel like they even build that into the end of the episode like early on in the series where we're confronted with modok trying to connect with his son but also his son is obsessed with magic and he's like why (laughs) why can't you be into something that just normal kids are? Because like I was not a normal kid and I know what it was like to be the kid who's not normal. I I thought that worked so well. well. And then we find out later
0: that like Lou is using a lot of his things as like a defense mechanism. So it kind of ties in. I get it. Um, and I, and I'm not saying that the Asgard episode was like one of my favorite things of him running away, like falling into the trash can going to Asgard. Like it was okay. My favorite part of that episode though was, uh, modox realization about how goats work in asgard and then there's a great there's a great sight gag about the goats that he found versus the other goats that i don't want to ruin because it was wonderful
2: i also love the fact that he keeps naming Maming. them yeah, and then he yeah. has to eat one
0: of them like oh, I, the, the last uh, one was a uh, goat he's like i love you i'm not gonna yeah. eat you and then the very next scene he's just tossing the bones like just <laughs>
2: Yeah, but, but I, I just want to also go back real quick. I love the fact that Modok would create a trash can that would empty into Asgard. Yeah, just to be a dick. I thought that was that's funny. a brilliant joke. Yeah. Like I love that idea. I, I because he, you you think of the Marvel movies and the comics and things like that, and you think of these grandiose things. You know, the ultimate nullifier or. Um, you know, the Infinity Stones. Uh, you know, you think of those types of things. Uh, but here's a series where the villain built a garbage can that empties into Asgard. Well, there was, a, there was <laughs> even the
0: gag, too, of, like, there was the other thing that would immediately empty into his stomach, into M- <laughs> Modok's stomach, and then his uh, his cohort gets sick and throws up in the wrong <laughs> thing. He's like, don't do it! <laughs> yeah. like, sorry, I, I know we're trying to do, like, the Chris Farley thing, but it's like, you, you get this character who you know, has the ability to, to pretty much, if he puts his mind to it, make whatever he wants, but he wants validations or, or, or to be, um, like passive aggressive towards, like, it's just his, his, his mindset, like there, whatever aim is bought out and he realizes what happens. He goes to like, uh, the one aim guy that's wearing the crystal rise neck. And there's the bunny and he's like, you could pet the bunny still if you want. He's like, I'm taking the bunny. And then when he walks out of aim, he's like, I didn't want this and just tosses the bunny, go get like lasered. Like, I don't know, like Modoc as a character, he could take over the world if he actually stopped, like caring about what people thought about him and just focused up.
2: Like I Also, I I think so much of the charm is, is Patton. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I had done a drawing of Modoc in the last year, um, because we had done these drawing drawing challenges on the Instagram for the Siren Slasher and self promoting. Yay! But um, can you, can you uh, not I, name I, drop about <laughs> to me? Like, I always have always pictured him as this Jack Kirby character, and like now. I can't see him other. Uh, I can't think of the character any other way than the way he's presented in this series. And I I think so much is tied into the performance and the way that it's animated. But like, you know, normally he was done with like the Batman-esque eyes in the sense that there's no peoples, no irises. It's just white, you know, um, I don't know what that portion of your eye is called, but just the no, white eyes. It's just a white eye. Know. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's 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 done with you know <laughs> these again the tiny hands and legs and arms and whatnot and uh, which he is portrayed here but like there's so much expression that is put into the animation here um, and then Patton Oswalt's read of it uh, he's so good at uh, uh, so not only does he give us the Um, the one-off jokes where he'll say something that you're like, wait, what did he just say? That's, you know, uh, you know, a joke that you may have to catch up to, to the fact that, you know, his utter belief that he is. You know the what's the word I'm looking for the scientist supreme, if you will, which is what he's. There's a joke about him eating
0: a bunch of potatoes that pays off real quickly in one of the episodes where he talks about being full of potatoes. You're like, that's really fast set. (laughs) Like, are you full of potatoes right now? You know, anyway.
2: He has a way of delivering both like subtle jokes and then hit you in the face jokes at the same time, but also get you in the feels with the way that he thinks about both his wife and his kids. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I I know yeah. that I, I just kind of brought the show to a standstill by by bringing that back up. No, no, like- you
0: didn't. No, no, no. I just I like the idea that he he views himself as like one of the 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 premier like villains, right, of the Marvel universe. There's even that bit when he's digging through the junk and he finds the Ultimate fire and like throws it over his shoulder. It's like, well, his tiny shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like there's some great jokes there. Um, he, his whole goal was like to go and like, uh, what was it? Make Tony Stark a wet bitch. I thought that was funny, um, <laughs> but I like how like Tony Stark also like, he's like, what does this mean? I don't even know what yeah, that he, means. He's like, what's a wet bitch. And he just sprays him with water. He's like, there you go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. No, but like the whole thing is like, we're going to go to Fort Knox and take money. And then the, the electricity goes out. He's like, we're going to make the, the electric company pay. Oh, I, my marker failed. We're going to make the marker company like suffer and then like then we're going to deal with electricity then Fort Knox like I thought that was all funny um yeah sorry go ahead please
2: no I didn't I didn't want to interrupt you but there's that whole episode in which he tries to go to the bar where all the like top villains are hanging out one of them being the leader, which I believe is voiced by Bill Hader.
0: Um, and they're yeah. all
2: like, they won't let him in and they're making fun of him that he, he needs to go to the bar with no name, which is where all the lesser villains go to. But that entire episode it devolves into like him trying to create a plan to, to steal Captain America's shield. And he's got to use these like loser characters who are around him to do it. And it just keeps like, unraveling unraveling. Like one of the characters is the melter who ends up just being dead buddy the
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like he and can I melt anything,
2: but us. he has like severe, like acid reflux, which also
0: makes yeah. sense. Um, like, so how, okay. I know you're not as familiar with, uh, Marvel as you are DC. Did mm-hmm. any of those hit you of like, oh, yeah, I know that guy.
2: Did any of the, any of the people in the bar who <sighs> no name? I feel like, is it Aguilar? The guy who was the singer, for whatever reason he stuck yeah. out to me but i don't know why i couldn't pinpoint where i might know him from um 10 pin definitely i did not know um
0: well i'll tell you that like what was it um oh, oh whirlwind the, the the green armored guy i i recognized him when i saw him like oh that shit that's whirlwind and I feel like I knew Armadillo. I couldn't tell you that for sure, though. But it was this.
2: I Armadillo, liked. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then there's another hero that shows up in the series, too. We'll talk about in a second that I had immediately recognized when they showed up. I mean, I, I was yeah. really
2: surprised that neither Sleepwalker or Cardiac showed up.
0: Or Darkhawk. You know, yeah. Um, so <laughs> no, I was expecting the bartender to be ball. I was really hoping that would happen. But uh, <laughs> no, but whatever they showed up, like, oh, we, speaking of villains referenced, but like, like thing. Fang Foom, uh like yeah. whatever was a, was it Fing Fang's uh farm to table restaurant mm-hmm. that was shown earlier with him like you know making his food. That was great. And then um and then later, whenever he was the dream sequence. I'm like, really? You're gonna bring this dragon in here? This problematic dragon and <laughs> just name him. I I thought that was wonderful. That that was a that was a Iron Man deep cut. I thought that was great
2: it's it's interesting because I I, it, I don't want to say that I know the losers of the DC universe uh, when it comes to villains better than I do in the Marvel but that's probably fair. So all those characters I did not know Foom, though I thought that it was a clever way to work him into the care into the the story and, and do something fun with him uh, because he he appears like twice isn't Modoc riding him in yeah, another yeah a dream a sequence, sequence yeah. Uh, it's a dream sequence. Yeah, I sort just like, I feel uh, like
0: it would be great if like Hammer, Justin Hammer showed up. Like uh, like we got to get more like weird like like I mean Hammer showed up in the Mar- like the Iron Man movies, but why not have him show up here? Why not have some of like the just weirder like it, the Crimson Dynamo c- could show up here. Oh. I'm fine with that.
2: Wow, I'm trying to think i uh, I'm trying to think of like a the big loser villains of uh of Marvel. Like who who else could fit into this series um well there's three that they couldn't get because of rights so who, like, are, who are
0: they I yeah so curious. um there's confusing rights to them so they when they're doing the writing of them they said there was three stilt man uh Pace, stilt Man's daredevil villain well still yeah but he he was supposed to be the bartender because they thought it'd be funny to have him be the bartender at the bar with no name paste pot pete which is a spider-man villain and uh turner d Century, so, those are the three that they couldn't use. So, all right. I, I
2: only know Pacepot Pete from Wizard Magazine. Yes. I've never read a comic <laughs> with it. Turner Decentry. I've never heard of that character. Well, do you
0: me. think he could turn the time back? I don't know. But, uh, yeah. But Pacepot Pete, I think he showed up during a whenever um, Spider Man had. Um, Oh, not Captain Universe. What was it called? Like the, the big powers, like that would go from uh, the you Cosmic know, Universe. Yeah. Like, he, had, he had the Cosmic Powers Cosmic, right? I think that showed up at one point when. So it's like, you have the power, you have the Powers Cosmic and you're facing off Pace Pot Pete. Okay. And Graviton. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think there would be the Bard, no name. There is opportunities here. That there's so many cast offs like, uh, like, why not have the big wheel show up? That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, even though I know, like, it's a little, <clears throat> they make a reference to Spider-Man here. And I know there's some Spider-Man overlap villains. But I feel like someone like the Rhino would be perfect here. Like, that would be, like, wonderful to have, like, these uh, also ran
2: villains. I feel like rhino might be even too big. Like I'm trying yeah, to think of a real loser Spider-Man villain. A grizzly. Um,
0: There's another guy that wore a
2: bear outfit that's very much the rhino called Grizzly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Which fits into your whole theme of loving the film Grizzly. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> well no, it was like Spider-Man always like so the whole thing with Spider-Man is like, oh, he got bit by a spider, so he has to face
2: um every villain that is animal or insect related. <laughs> and i know the lizard is considered an a-list villain i don't see him that way but i think he'd be fun in like, there like uh, the,
0: like the vulture as we do him in the comics would be great too you know like um, <laughs> a 90 year old man who's just like mr burns upset at the bar that'd be great <laughs> uh in in mojo like that's an x-men villain they could probably use now or whatever but like I like the idea that they're getting into like the weird corners. And then even with like, you mentioned the leader, Mr. Sinister, which was great that you saw Mr. Sinister show up at this club with like the, the villains. Yeah. He's a distinct X-Men villain. That's, and Madam mask was there as well. Like, that's cool. Um, not that I'm like, you have to give like you could have made up every villain and hero in this Modoc series. I'd have been fine with it. I'm not going to question anything because everything else around. It's great. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, I know it kind of, sometimes was trying to justify some of the, like the longer story threads of like when he went back in time and caused his younger self to get dislodged in time. And Come be angry. On. I mean, it was that, fun, that,
2: but there's just times where it's like they had to keep teasing future stories, you know, like, right. But the, the whole premise of that is so that like, when we get to the end of the series, like you can't get the end of the series without that episode And the whole idea of him owning a CD of Third Eye Blind and then the way that the song plays into the series and and the fact that Adaptoid uh, apparently has, (laughs) what's the word I'm looking for here, betrayed uh, the family at different times and then they just keep resetting him.
0: Yeah. I, oh I, I do God. like the one point where like whenever, uh, he's like, he's like, adapt, adapt to it. It's like, what do I got to do? And it's like, they turn him into a ladder. He's like, you have a floating chair. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's leg day. Like, uh, <laughs> the whole bit where they turn him into a van and they forgot to lock the doors was fun. Um, like, yeah, that was a lot of fun there too. But like, uh, there was actually, I don't know if you picked this up there. Like, like there was a couple of times where Pat Oswalt actually directly quoted third eye blind, like when he was like being like serious, and no, it was really. really it was really, really funny to me. Like, <laughs> but also Alan Tudyk as Arcade. Arcade's a deep cut. That's a weird deep cut for Marvel. And I like that he's like, I hope you like being confused. Like, and he just jumps down whenever the family's like under siege. I thought that was really funny. I,
2: I did love the inclusion of Arcade, but I realized that we just missed... Nathan Fillion is Wonder Man. No, which- that's
0: what I mentioned earlier about one of my other favorite uh, heroes that showed up. Whatever, because we just talked about. It. I don't think we talked about it in the episode proper. We were talking, I think, off off air about yeah. Wonder Man, and I was like, I like, I, I think Wonder Man could be an interesting character, but then when he showed up here, and I'm like, they're leading into him being like, um, this like, um, I don't know, a, a celebrity dick, like, and I'm okay with that too.
2: God bless both James Gunn and Nathan Fillion for creating this joke. Probably that goes back to the first guardians. Cause I feel like he mentioned it like during press for the film, maybe it's not until the second film that, that poster appears with Nathan Fillion. I think as wonder man, I could be yeah. wrong, but, um,
0: uh, but he basically just, plays captain hammer from Dr. Horrible. Yeah. And I think it's fun. Like, I think it's great to have Wonder Man involved in this. It's like, again, Marvel's like, we have no idea. We're, we're, we're never going to bring Wonder Man into a movie, Like, like which is a bummer because he
2: could be a fun character handled right. Oh, but- we're, we're at the period now where we can get into Wonder Man. Like, I, I think that Marvel is now at the point where they're like, okay, we, and I don't want to say exhausted, but like they're at a point now where they can introduce characters that aren't as well known and in it's weird to even be saying this because if you go back before 2008 iron man thor and captain america weren't the heavy guns of the marvel no. universe no so i think we're in a world now where wonder man could easily become a thing even, even and, for
0: goodness sakes like didn't um didn't modok reference the brood in the one episode yeah Yeah, it's like oh shit like there's multiple x-men like references here like it's crazy that the brood was brought up but there was the party aliens that showed up otherwise which i thought was a
2: scene. aliens reminded me of uh the slurm bugs from uh, Futurama. Futurama. Yeah,
0: yeah, right.
2: It <laughs> just wanted to party. Well, like then, how, I like, like how
0: the broods like we can't handle them. Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
0: wouldn't it be fun though? Like in this series, though, wouldn't it be fun to get like a, a a version of Ghost Rider to show up here? I think that'd be a lot of fun. Of like, just something ridiculous. Which I know they're going to treat him more seriously. Even like you, you could take the piss out of every Marvel. Thing here, the the world's open. Iron Man is staying kind of true to himself. Like, I know you said that Jon Hammond played him a little different, but it's like he's not betraying the character. Um, but I think getting like like kind of more of an asshole Thor involved, um, you could have a lot of fun here. And I, I enjoy this because this should be a bubble like away from if they do anything else animated, just it should be viewed as a separate series. And just it's OK to have fun. Because this has fun, it has heart. If it didn't have the heart, I think it would have been kind of like DOA. But you give a shit about, Mo- as much as MODOK is a selfish asshole, he, you know he loves his wife, you know he loves his kids, he's just not capable of ever saying it correctly. Which, I hate to say it, it hits home really hard sometimes.
2: I think what's most telling about the character is, is that when he's given the opportunity to use time travel, he doesn't use it to advance his ability to take over the world. He uses it to try and win his wife back.
0: Well, also go back in time and kill uh,
2: Beck Bennett. That well, awesome. sure. <laughs> that was like, I, what I think is amazing about that is, is, and I should mention this real quick. Uh, for those of you who are wondering who Beck Bennett is in the show, his character's name is Austin Vandersleet. If we did not mention that previously, but I, I, I don't know. I I think that's why this works. I feel like I don't want to say that Modoc is Homer Simpson because he's not. But, you know, for me, the Simpsons, why Homer works as a character is, is that you get to have these big, dumb, funny jokes with the character. But then you have moments with him where he's trying to connect with Bart or Lisa or his wife or trying to quit drinking or whatever. And it makes the sweet offset all the sour of the character, all, all of what the character does. And I think that that's exactly what happens with the series. Like you shouldn't be rooting for MODOK to take over the world, but you totally are watching this yeah. series.
0: Well, he's more like, okay, this is, this is a little sideways. So bear with me. He's a little bit more like Hank Hill in the sense of like, he has a view of the world. And that he's being brought, things to him, that he he has to process and deal with, and, and and it's like he he want the world has to be a certain way, but then like the world keeps changing, and his like his foot, his his tiny feet, his tiny floating feet, and he has to accept it and kind of adapt. Which I mean, I think like uh, Hank is, Hank is a, a much more generally good character, but he doesn't like change. Modoc <sighs> M-
2: doesn't like change. In, in the last episode, though, we're presented with many ways that Modoc is defeated, and a lot of them involve him eating things that will kill him <laughs> which, on the yes, toilet.
0: Which is also very Homer, you're right. Which like is very that. much
2: Homer Simpson. <laughs> I keep thinking of him, and I realize this is probably like season four, where he eats the giant submarine sandwich that's oh, going on. Oh, I think back. it's
0: later, Whatever he won't stop eating, when Homer won't stop eating the party sub yeah, and like he like I remember at one point when March throws it away and he goes out and grabs it from the trash has mo- has like mold growing on and he's like don't look at me like
2: <laughs> I believe he also says I can't I could can never be mad at you like <laughs> I mean like Homer means well
0: Homer's dumb Modoc isn't dumb that's why I throw out the Hank Hill thing where it's more and like I- he just it's 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 the world his, his vision and then reality hitting him, which I think that's more of the Hank Hill thing of like, Ugh, this isn't how it's supposed to be.
2: I guess I got to adjust or give up. I, I also want to mention, uh, and again, I, I don't mean to make it sound like they're ripping the Simpsons off, but there's a, there's a joke in the Simpsons where uh, they, they mention the fact that, uh, you know, Homer is talking about what his kids would look like if they were like a different, um, Like if they had five fingers and like (laughs) it it cuts to like this illusion where like they look like normal people as opposed to being synthesized is basically the joke of it. He's like, Oh God, what a bunch of freaks. And then uh, there's an episode in this uh, series where they show Modok as a puppet and it's Pat Oswalt's face. Yes. It's probably my favorite joke in the entire series. I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but the fact Mm. that you're like, Oh, here's the puppet version of you. And it's, it's Pat Nuzzled's face and it just made me laugh. Uh, it made me howl that laughter yeah, well, when it popped up on the screen. There
0: was a really fun fight between him and um, uh, the scientist supreme, which we even talk about their relationship. How they're yeah, they have a lot in common, but they're also kind of rivals, right? Like uh credit to Wendy uh McClinn Covey, who I adore from Rio 911 and um the Goldbergs. I I love her. I think she's great. Um, she has some really just snappy dialogue here too. And I like her own, like, she's like, I'm going to turn manatees into weapons. It's like, what is going on? I don't understand that at all, but I like that. They're basically like, they're both doing science for like evil science sake, but then like they keep wanting to like cut each, cut each off at the knees. I like Mm -hmm. their relationship. They have a really fun fight. That's very Rick and Morty ish where it goes all over the place. And, it involves different devices that I really, really like. It's, it's, it's a wonderful set piece showing the power of both of them and also the absurdity of both.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think Monica a strong character. I actually love the episode in which she sits down with Modoc's wife. Yes. And they have this long conversation.
0: Can, can we speak about how his wife's life hacks are terrible? Can we talk <laughs> about that? Like I like I like Jody and she's being very reasonable with marriage stuff. But yeah. like her like at one point she's like, and this is how you turn your clothes into a pretzel. That just took ten hours. Like, oh God, this is every tasty video I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> I also love the fact that one point that her like is it her? is it her publisher or somebody who's like there to promote her is telling her that she needs to be like more like goop, which yeah. is the Gwyneth Valtrow and also to dress of. like Carmen San Diego. Cause people yes. like that. And she keeps giving her all this advice and she's like, is this entirely based on the fact that I'm Latino? <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I laughed so hard at that. I, there's so much stuff in this uh, this series uh that i i laughed at and again you know this goes back to that thing earlier where i was like i'm not always the best reviewer if i really like something because i'm always like this this moment was amazing and this is funny but like i genuinely really love this series and i i loved it in a way that i don't think i ever appreciated robot chicken i think i loved it in a way that uh, a character like Modok that I never would have thought could hold his own series, but boy oh boy, is this show great! I, I can't, I can't imagine this not getting a season two, and I'm hoping that the the fact that this seems to be the one thing that squeaked out of that deal that came out of uh, with the four I series guess was, with
0: with Hulu and Marvel, yeah, yeah,
2: I'm I'm hoping. That they see the potential in this, I think. I think they're, they're going
0: to because I think this is like they they realize like they got like a solid base, and you mm-hmm. uh, got just I think I think also that Disney Plus, um, like with Marvel, realizes that they can drop more more edgy content. I put that in quotes uh, on Hulu, and that because they do the they do the Disney Plus bundle where you can get Hulu and ESPN. Like yeah, this fair. is this is a win win right? And This is the way for them to kind of have the the quote unquote more mature content right? So this was a lot of fun. I would also just tell you, Steve, you need to watch more Rick and Morty. Like, not that I'm saying that they're, they're aping it. It's just there is a heart to that too. It the, you got to get through some sour, but if you like this and can appreciate <sighs> like trying to hang on to like the home, like the like the family foundation. Also, Chris Parnell is in the, in that one. He's Jerry. He's he's you know much better. But sorry, not better. He has more to say than Tenpen in this. Uh,
1: <laughs> but
0: just yeah. And there's an episode that's it's called. Um, oh, what was it called? They they take basically they 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 uh, take the piss out of the Guardians of Galaxy or the Avengers, where like uh, Rick and Morty have to go to space to help something. And he's like they're like oh it's 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 something something three. And he's like where what. Well, You've done this three times? It's like we were there for the first one. They're like, oh, we didn't call you over the second one. And then it's like they get upset. Like <laughs> Rick gets upset that he wasn't called out for the second version of this. Uh so I think you'd appreciate that he wasn't like watch Rick and Morty is what I'm saying. It's
1: funny.
2: I I, I will say as we're ending uh, our talk here on Modoc as well. I think I'd mention the fact that I'm not like a huge stand up comedy guy now, that I don't appreciate it, but that's yeah. I I tend to uh, gravitate more towards situational comedy or um, what's the word I'm looking for here. Long story short, uh, I I don't have a lot of stand-up comedians that I truly admire in the sense of like I enjoy their stuff, but like Patton Oswalt is a cut above. Yes, I, I talked about how just how much I admire him as a, a comedian. And uh, it was uh, announced today that uh, Mr. Patton Oswalt is going to be coming to the Agora in Cleveland, um, and uh, I am very much looking forward to getting tickets. Uh, yes, so I would like to go see that as well. I'm be fun. I, I'm hoping to see him, and, and at some point in the future, I would love to meet him and just bow at the altar that is Patton Oswalt because he's he's the ultimate. I, I hate to say like, oh, he's the ultimate geek, but like he he really does have his fingers in all the things that I love and uh, I'm good with that. Yeah. I realize that may not be the best way to end this episode. Oh, no, no. So I'm, like I'm going to end off.
0: this by like, clarifying my statement. Vindicators 3, the wor- the return of World Ender Season 3, Episode 4 of Rick and Morty. You mm-hmm. should check it out. I think you'd appreciate it. It's uh Here is the synopsis. <laughs> While ostensibly, ostensibly helping a group of superheroes call the Vindicators, Rick instead drunkenly sets up a Saw-like scenario for them to navigate. There you go, has Chris <laughs> Slater in it as well, and um, and oh, I has-
2: did start Rick and Morty when I got HBO Max, and I think I was a couple episodes into the first season. I just haven't gone back, and that's my apologies. Oh, yeah, I do. think I got distracted with Harley Quinn. To be honest with you,
0: that's fair as well. But um, but yeah, anyway. So I think you know, just more Modoc's a lot of fun. Like I'm glad that it exists. Bring me more. Um, I love like just <laughs> get get weird right get weird have fun um i don't need marvel to like put guardrails up i mean other than if there's a rights issue where you can't use stilt man whatever i don't know understand that but whatever anyway um just 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 get get silly get weird have fun and let let the casual viewer of the marvel universe know that like it's okay to have fun and we're going to take the piss out of things and just watch it and enjoy it that's all
2: Here's the the statement that I'm going to make that may be controversial. Oh no! Um, I, I I know when uh, Ryan Reynolds made the first two Deadpool movies, I'll actually just take a step back. The first Deadpool movie, I know that a lot of people were like, "Oh, I can't imagine this being a PG thirteen movie." Modoc is how you would have made Deadpool and done it as a PG thirteen movie, and it would have been just as funny. Yeah, that's my opinion one man's opinion come at me
0: I, I think with the right writing there could be a really entertaining uh deadpool pg-13 but you know like i also think there could be a funny r-rated modok but I, we don't have that i'm good i'm i am happy with that so i think you're right
2: yeah well of course i'm right of
0: course <laughs> of course I'm on my- <laughs> Of course. all right <laughs> steve has made the decree all right let's um yeah let before we get to the game here we're gonna wrap up here i uh, hope you guys have watched modok uh, let us know your thoughts, feelings on our Facebook page. It's invasion the podcast. You can email us directly at invadingpodcast.gmail.com, wherever you find your podcasts, whether it be on online under rocks and dumpsters. I don't know. I don't know you. Um, if, if like, if maybe a raccoon brings it to you in the night, wherever you find your podcasts, <laughs> rate, review us. It'd be greatly appreciated. If you enjoy this, tell other people like now that we can go back out in the world, Maybe you want a podcast while you're working out, or maybe you want a podcast so you can pretend to do the thing where it's like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm listening to a podcast right now. Do that too. That'd be great. And, Steve, where can people find you?
2: You can find me at the Saturday at slasher.com, which I believe in our, our, at the time we're our our up life and running I... now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, great. So, our hosting website, basically, uh, there were some issues between uh the way that they're working with a wordpress which is uh basically uh, i don't want to get into it too much Long story short there are issues between our hosting site and wordpress which is what we use to produce the website and uh it seems to be back online i can't guarantee that we're not going to have another uh time where we're going to go down but uh you can find me at sarahatslasher dot com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Sarah Slasher, and you can also go and buy physical comic books, which I know is so weird to think of in this digital age that we listen. There we listen. The this we digital age in which
0: we listen in. Yes, yes,
2: yes. The age that we live in, in which uh, you can actually buy physical comic books, you can purchase those that purchase those on our Etsy store, Art of the Slash.
0: Perfect. All right. So, uh, since Modoc was an acronym for uh, mental organism designed for—oh, sorry, <clears throat> mental organism designed only for killing—I figured it'd be great to do a game revolving around uh, acronyms.
1: Time to play the game. Time to play the game.
0: As I said seven hours earlier, acronyms are hard to make. So um, I'm going to Steve. I'm just going to read out something to you and it, it like so. With the mental organism designed only for killing, the four is not included in the name of Modoc. Sure. So what I'm saying, I'm going to give you a couple examples, and then you can tell me this is from all over the pop culture, and you could like if you can figure it out. I'll let you know if you got it right. It also feels like I'm writing like the world's shittiest poetry. So, um, all right. So here we go. First one: billionaire re- renegade under cover of evening. What? Billionaire renegade under cover of evening. Who is that? Billionaire.
2: Uh, is that batman i don't understand yeah it's, bruce. Just, it's bruce it's bruce this is batman yes oh all righty yeah all okay, right there I'll you go it now. Some, of these, I, some
0: of these are going to make more sense than others so please deal with with, with like your mileage may vary but you got it you got it all right the billionaire been,
2: renegade under cover yeah. of evening 11 o'clock at night and i'm ready for bed so yeah, as am I.
0: so we'll get through this quickly i, <laughs> I promise all right um okay let's do one of these here um so okay this this could be things i made up or things i found so just please do deal with me here it is it is cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers well that's chud
2: (laughs) so you figured out the game congratulations (laughs) mr bud chud if you will all right, he falls down here. All right. So Sorry, that was me opening up my cooler that is next to my desk yeah, and all right. the, uh, ice packs the, fell over.
0: Okay,
2: Here's the next one. Has
0: to arm wrestle for kid.
2: Has to arm <laughs> wrestle for kid. I no, know, I know, but I'm like is is this an over the top reference? But maybe kay? but who am I, who am I talking about?
0: licking hawks yeah there you go there you go or hawk sometimes so, so has to arm wrestle for kid sometimes i uh, have it's never decided in the film it's either hawk or hawks okay also it was easier for me to come up with acronyms for four-letter words just letting you know
2: um all right um also <laughs> to be fair uh, I can't remember most things, you know, in general life, but for <laughs> some reason, Lincoln Hawks, sticks, sticks <laughs> I right.
0: know you love over the top. That's why I mentioned it. So, all right. So mobile armored strike command.
2: Oh, that's, that's mask. That's correct. Right?
0: Yes. That's the cartoon series mask. Um, cause I, I'm a, I'm a hack and I was trying to find other things here. All right. Um, <laughs> Knight Automated Roving Robot.
2: Automated Roving Robot. Uh, oh, I'm not sure what that is. Knight
0: automated, automated Roving automated.
2: Robot. Nar.
0: Well, I mean car? Like, oh, is that Kit's evil?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's Kit's
0: evil uh, evil twin, uh car. Car.
2: Oh my god. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Uh Which I didn't think about it for that's a second. A
0: dumb name. So I'm gonna throw out another one to you so you got this immediately here. Night Industries two thousand. <laughs> that's kit. <laughs> that makes more sense to me than Knight Automated Roving Robot, right? So they're like, we really needed to, to make
2: that happen. Right. I do think in, in, in the fact that I rediscovered um, the wonders that is TJ Hooker. I think at some point we, we maybe need to look at like things that are sort of iconic from our childhood, like maybe V the miniseries, or you oh, know, I'd be
0: down
2: for V. V would be great. Like uh some episodes of, of uh Knight Rider or whatever. I think that could be some fun. No, oh, so. V would be
0: fun. Night Rider I mean, sure. I Night Rider's fun. Um or Street Hawk. You got to get that motorcycle involved, right? Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, guardian of a Lake in the 80s. Guardian
2: of a Lake. I'm trying to, like, sound it out in my 80s. I know. I
0: know. But it's, it's, it, it is a frustrating <laughs> thing.
2: <Yeah>. Goalie.
0: <laughs> is that Jason? Yes. Jason it's Goalie. That's, you're right. That's absolutely right. So, you know. He's a guardian of a lake in the eighties. I figured that was the best thing. Right. Quite good, sir. <laughs> that, I, mean, my hat I did. I, I did. Okay. Um, there's one in here. I'm really proud of. It's coming up soon. Um, oh, if I just tip my hand. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's see here. North American men against Amazonian masterhood. <laughs> That's no ma'am from. Uh, it <laughs> yes, it is. All right, um, let's see here. Harry and never-ending knowledge. Never? What? <laughs> Harry? Harry and never-ending knowledge.
2: Oh. I have no idea. Uh, never-ending knowledge? Uh, it's a
0: stretch. I'll, I'll give you that.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 at a loss. Uh, Hank McCoy the beast. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay. That a- was that was that was a bad <laughs> one. I, I, is that's, that the one that you fair. were like?
0: That was a bad one. Um, this one's Jeff's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what else we got here? Um did some chuds. All right. Um Thunder Hammer of Righteousness. Hammer of Thor? yes okay nice all right then let's see here okay my last one here violent angry dad extracts right hands oh my god violent
2: angry dad vader yes
0: Darth vader the vile angry dad extract extracts right hands yeah
2: oh well that's that's actually
0: fair. That does happen. <laughs> I had to look it up because I wasn't sure which hand was struck uh, from Luke. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. That was my my terrible acronym game there. Um, so you passed it pretty well. So so which
2: one were you proud of?
0: Was it, the Vader, was it Vader one? The Vader okay. one was, the, was my most proud one. Vader and Bruce as billionaire renegade undercover of evening. The, I You know what? Be fair the Jason one guardian of a
2: lake in the eighties.
0: I, I thought that was pretty great.
2: So. That was pretty good. It's a thinker. <laughs> it's a thinker. Think <laughs> you the game at the front uh, of the episodes. Cause by the end, I'm always like, what? Yeah. yeah. So,
0: <laughs> all right. That's the acronym game. That's going to do it for us this week. Next week. Um, we're going to be revisiting the, year of the sequel. I know everybody's like, well, we just talked about ninjas. It's like, yeah, well, this is what happens with programming. Cause, uh, we're we're like we'll we'll talk about next week steve is leaving me for quite a while so we got to deal with that but so we're gonna get some some sequels we're gonna get into die hard 2 um i think this was interesting just because i have not seen this in forever and the die hard series has uh you know it it, it's been kind of all over the place but this was the one it actually um for what i was reading actually um Performed better than the first film in terms of like like opening, so this will be fun to get into.
2: That makes sense in the in. I don't want to say it makes sense, but like I understand the fact that Die Hard being a marketable property at that point that it would have a big opening, uh, but I, it's certainly not better than the first. If we're talking about terms of, terms of quality, but I have not seen the film in I'm gonna say easily 25 years so it'll be fun to to revisit yeah so. it says
0: a uh, budget up to 70 million a box office 240 I'm sure we'll talk about that more next week uh Steve already called me out for before recording about why I want to talk about this one we're not gonna say anything about that now uh I I have my um my inclinations so that's gonna do it for us this week have a good week have a safe week next week die hard two uh this week um I don't know. Um, don't be a, 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 an asshole and a big head. Don't be a big asshole. A big. You could be one of them, but not both of them. That's what I'll say about that.
2: I am both. <laughs> <laughs>